Hi everyone, welcome to the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss, I'm joined as ever by Jonathan Fadugba, and this is when things get really serious. It is our first season preview of the year. We're on the verge of the start of the Alsvenskan campaign in Sweden, and I know one man joining me here is extremely excited. Jonathan, how's things? These are the champions. Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. I uh, hope you can put up with my terrible singing there. But uh, that is the vibe I'm having uh, in the last few days, getting ready for this, this uh, season preview. Really, really excited. Um, great to be joined by you, as always, Steve. This is the FA Cup final week. It's like the biggest week of the season, isn't it, for the podcast in a way? Um, preparing for the you know, the new season ahead, 2021. Al game starts this weekend. Uh, I'm really, really excited. Like I said, I, I can't wait for it. And I've been doing a lot of background work behind the scenes, preparing for it. So... Yeah, like I say, it's like when you've, you know, you've made it all the way to to the FA Cup final. You, you, you're ready the big day out of Wembley, and this is this is the big day out for for us on the podcast. Trying to think, I've ever heard you sing before. I'm <laughs> trying to think. I'm trying to rack, rack my brains, but I don't think I've ever heard you sing. But not bad, not bad, mate. I like the uh, uh, you know optimism, the excitement that you've got going. Do you know what? I'm actually very excited as well. Norway uh, is not starting for at least another month, tenth of May, I do believe. So I can I can actually. Um, sort of get stuck in a bit to Sweden as well um, for the first time in a while right at the start of the year so I'm quite excited myself and uh, I'm very much looking forward to hearing what you've got to say about the, the 16 teams we're going to be talking about every single club in in a certain amount of depth for sure um, so you know if you're a supporter of any of them teams if you're just new and listening and want to find out about all the clubs in the Arsvenskan, this is the place to be. This is the podcast to listen to. Maybe if you're not, uh, you, you're looking for a club to support out there, we can find reasons for you in this podcast right now to support a certain club. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, and it's just a few days away. Yeah, obviously, last season, remember, we had the the, the season was delayed, and, and we had to wait till June, didn't we? Until till the new season started. So I remember, I remember, I started my preseason preparations, and, and then obviously COVID came along, and everything stopped and then and, and, and started again kind of late May preparing. So it was, you know, very stop start. We managed to get a full season between June and December. Uh, this time it's been pretty much um, smooth sailing, more or less. One or two COVID cases uh, bothered the Swedish Cup, which we'll talk about in part two, maybe briefly. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty smooth preseason for all the clubs. Uh, 16 team league, as you will know, anyone who's new listening to this. And of course, the format for this podcast, as we normally do it, is uh, on the preview show, we're going to sort of predict uh, the full table. We're going to predict every single position uh, of each team and give um, our rationale behind why. So, yes, that's, uh, I'm really excited to be joined by you all and I hope you're going to enjoy this 2021 preview podcast. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at NordicFootPod. If you want to um, disagree or, you know, you've got a problem with our predictions, feel free. It's, it's quite rare that I get them uh, get them too right, to be honest, in terms of the champions anyway. Um I'm yet to predict a league title winner in this in this four or five years we've been doing it. But don't you worry, I'll get there eventually. Um, Steve, before we get into this, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Have you have you, have you looked into your fantasy team yet? Have you, have you started doing your Svenskan fantasy team? No, because I'm waiting to listen to what you've got to say about the yeah. <laughs> Good answer, right? Good answer. But I tell you what, I'm up for it this year because I, I, did, I didn't join the league until I think it was like week six or seven last year, maybe even later. But uh, I will certainly be in the Alsvenskan Fantasy. We've got our own Nordic Football Podcast League. You can join uh, using the fantasy code HQ, H, H for Hotel, Q4 Quebec 8. 
G for goat, U for Uruguay, seven. That is the code. And you can find the code pretty much on loads of tweets. We've got things like that. You will not miss out. So do join the Osvenskin Fantasy League. It's a different sort of fantasy format to the ones like Fantasy Premier League, Elite Assyrian Fantasies. A few different quirks with the point system, but I'm certainly up for it. I'm going to be going head-to-head with uh, Mr. Jonathan for Dugba in this league. So, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, let's hope you can avoid uh, finishing bottom of the table, which was your position last season. Uh, I can't say too much more than that because I, I wasn't exactly doing too well last season either. I was quite near, quite near the bottom myself. But, uh, yeah, I think in this show, anyone who's listening to this and, and has an interest in fantasy football, there's a lot of players we're going to cover. And, of course, as always, our annual 10 to watch will come in, in part two of this show where we pick 10 players to keep an eye on. Last season, we had some players who, who went on and did really well. And usually we did pretty well with our, our 10 to watch. So stay tuned for that as well in part two to come. And you may get one or two there for your, for your fantasy team. But yeah, fantasy.orsvenskan.se to, to register your team. And of course, we'll post the links on Twitter at NordicFootPod. You can follow me on Twitter at J-F-F-U-T-B-O-L, J-F-Football. And you can also follow Steve at MeatmanSoccer. So um, yeah, we'll be posting the links in, in the build up to the week one, which begins this weekend, won't we, Steve? Yeah, we certainly will. And I think it's probably time we got stuck into it now. So I've got to ask you, ask you Jonathan, um, I hope, how's your fence? Is it nice and sturdy? Because you usually <laughs> do sit on it a little bit with certain uh, things when pressed with predictions and things. So uh, I hope that fence of yours is nice and comfortable. Um, but uh, as tradition does dictate, the first team we always talk about in the season preview is going to be the defending champions this year. On Malmo are the defending champions of the Alsvenskan last season. They won the league 60 points on the board. So let's start this thing off, uh, Jonathan. Tell us how Malmo are set for the year 2021. Yeah, I won't start with the predictions, but we always do start with the champions. So uh, the Bayern Munich of Sweden, as they were described um, by, by, by one of the managers, in fact, last season. Um, they are the champions now. They've regained their crown. It's taken them a while. Obviously, um, it was the first time in, in three seasons. They've gone three years without without the title. Uh, it went to obviously AIK and Eurogarden. And uh, Malmo have picked up the crown in, in 2020. They're the team with the biggest budget. They're the team with the biggest revenue. You know, they, they are the big dogs. We talked about it in preseason, one of the preseason shows, I think one or two shows ago. They are the kind of, you know, they are pretty much the big boys of this league in terms of title wins and things like that. Uh, down there in the south coast of, of, of Scanner in, in, uh, in Sweden. And of course, uh, they are going to be probably the favourites again going into this season. It's been a been a bit of a strange preseason for them. Um, not not the greatest of preseasons, if I'm honest. And you know, we will talk about where they've done well, where they haven't done well. Um, they've had a few key players have, have departed. They, they were quite poor in the Swedish Cup as well. They were knocked out of the Swedish Cup early and lost to a lower division team, which was you know kind of a quite big shock. So the preparations haven't been, I wouldn't say, amazing. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's one thing I've learned with Malmo is don't read too much into preseason. Don't read too much into kind of any turmoil you might you might see um, in preseasons because the one thing about them, they, they usually do get it right as the season goes along. And they will also have that benefit of being able to get to the, maybe the, you know, the summer window. And, and, and one thing to bear in mind this season, Steve, the summer window comes quite early. You know, we've only got about, I think, another month or so, uh, six weeks maybe or eight weeks before the transfer window opens again. So essentially, you know, the, you've got two transfer windows kind of quite quick succession. So don't be surprised if, you know, I know the window's shut now, but don't be surprised if we see sort of signings coming in within a month or two. So, um, yeah, Malmo are looking, you know, looking strong as always. But I, I do think there are some weaknesses there that maybe 
other teams in the league will look to capitalise on and maybe take advantage of. Yeah, for regular listeners, you know, we have talked about Malmo quite a lot in the in the off-season, in the episodes we've had. Yondar uh, Thomason obviously had a great first uh, season there at the club, winning them the gold medal. Um, now, obviously, the first place, good place to start in terms of transfers, ins and outs. I mean, have they got weaker? Um, who have they gained so far? Or has it been a quite a quiet window for them so far? Well, yeah, it's been, it has been pretty quiet. And that's, that's the key, really, in terms of um, forecasting where the season's going to go for them. You know, there's no, no real major, major signings, to be honest, in terms of, I mean, they, they have sort of signed some players, but there's nothing, you know, maybe that stands out in the way of other teams. You know, we'll come on to likes of EF Core later and, and Hammerby being very busy. Other teams have been very active in the, in the transfer market. Man, we've been a bit more quiet. Uh, they brought in two players that we'll certainly talk about and, you know, I think they'll have a lot of focus on them. Uh, there's one, a 27-year-old striker called Antonio Kolak. Uh, he's on a season-long loan from Pawok uh, in Greece. He's played, he's got 71 goals in 169 career appearances. He's played in the Bundesliga, played in Poland, Greece. He's got one cap for Croatia. Now he's coming with a bit of pomp and circumstance about him because he's, uh, he said to him, he said that he's going to be as big as Marek Hamzik in the league this season. So, you know, he's certainly got a bit of confidence there. Uh, and he will have a big job on his hands because um, there's been a few players leaving the club, of course. Um, in that striking department for for Malmo, they've lost Isaac Kisa Telling. He's gone back on loan. Uh, he was a really really key player for them, one of the top scorers in the league, uh, one of the you know big big players in the league last season. He was quality. I, I, I went on record. We did a podcast uh, towards the end of last season, just re- recapping the champions, and I said in that podcast that you know he, he was an essential player for Malmo last season. Really, they, they'd lacked someone up up front who could put the goals in and and, and sort of be that figure figurehead up front. And so to not get Kisa Tellin on a, on a permanent deal, he's still only 28. He's now gone to uh, to Turkey. I think it's a it's a bit of a worry. Um, they do have some young players coming in, um, the likes of Amin Saar, which we'll talk about, and um, Patriot Sejid Sejdiu, who's a young uh, a young player back from a loan spell. Uh, both of them are 20 years old, but Kolak Kolak really, apart from Ola Toivan, and of course Kolak is the main man up front. And I'm gonna. It's gonna be a big question mark as to whether he can continue where Kisa Telling left off. They've also lost Marcos Antonsen. It, you know, it's not probably as big a, a, a loss for them really. Um, you know, towards the end of the season, he became a little bit more on the fringes of things. Um, he's gone to Hampstead on loan, a 29-year-old, of course, formerly of Leeds, wasn't he in Blackburn? But uh, yeah, Kolak is gonna be a big, big transfer. And the other one who they brought in uh, of note is Velcho Bermansevic. Now, he's got two caps for Serbia. He's done well in the Serbian league. Actually, he's got a decent goals and assist ratio. Uh, he's come from Kukariki, if I say that rightly. Malmo played a million million euros for him, which is a big amount. Uh, so they've really got a lot of faith in this play. He's a, he's a 23-year-old left winger. Um, so he will come in probably and, and occupy that left left flank maybe and also play as an attacking midfielder. Uh, so I think they're going to you know go for a lot of pace down that, that right-hand uh, left-hand side. Sorry, They've lost uh, Arna Trausterson. Um, he's he's left now to MLS. They've sold him for about 400 grand. So I think he'll be a probably direct replacement for Trousterson. He's got quite a big reputation, uh, Bermansevich. Uh, and so, yeah, in terms of this, you know, th- those are the major two signings, I would say. Um, they've got some players coming back from loan. They've got some young players as well to look out for, which we can talk about briefly. But um, all things said, it's, it's kind of not a huge window for, for Malmo at this moment in time. Yeah, Antonio Kolak on loan from uh, POK Salonika. And uh, Valiko Bremensevich. Oh, that's a terrible, I've not pronounced that. I've absolutely mutilated that, haven't I? Um, but anyway, both of these two players uh, do have a decent market value according to transfer market. So 
do look like a couple of good signings. Aside from those guys there, uh, which other key players are going to have to have uh, a good, strong season for Malmo if they're going to retain the title? Yeah, well, last season Malmo played a kind of, um, you know, they, they tended to, eventually Yondal Thomason, who, by the way, he had a really, really good season. You know, I questioned him last season. I predicted Malmo, I think I predicted him in second or third. Uh, I, I didn't think they would win the league and they did, you know, prove me pretty wrong. Uh, and um, part of it was because, you know, Thomason tweaked his tactics. He went to a kind of a 4-4-1-1. Uh, he had Ola Toivon in that kind of A-mid position. Um, he had Joe Berget kind of on the right-hand side. You know, they, they, they would play some long balls to Berget. He would win it in the air. Toivon would be the link man. And they'd play in passes to to Kisa Tellin. Now, this season, I think there'll be a few changes from that point of view. Um, I think, obviously, it means that Kolak will probably be the main man in that, in that striking role. I think I think Toivon will continue in the A-mid position. Um, one big player that I think will definitely, I'm surprised to still see in the league, if I'm honest, is uh, Arnel Almahodzic. Now, he's a 22-year-old centre-back. He had the distinction of winning the uh, defender of the season, the young player of the season, and he was also in the Osvenskan team of the season last year. So that tells you his quality. Really good ball-playing centre-back. Bosnian international now. Um, he was one of the best players in the league last season. Really good pass completion percentage, really strong in defensively. And there was a big, big links that he would move to Atalanta, but the, the move fell through. So he's still in Sweden at this moment in time. He'll be a key defender if he stays. Um, I, I expect they'll have sort of Felix Begemo, who's come back from Werder Bremen. He had a big failure uh, in in in, uh, in Germany, really. To be honest, if you remember, Steve, he moved from Jurgarden for, for about three million pounds. And he never actually made an appearance for Werder Bremen. Uh, he was loaned out and then, he, you know, didn't really work out for him. He went on loan, came back and he's now been signed by Malmo. And he, he was there last season, of course, but uh, he's still only 23. But I think he'll compete with for the right back spot with Eric Larson. Um, Benjamin is a good player at this level. And of course, Jonas Knudsen, his long throws at left back will be will be vital, of course, as usual. Um, they've still got a lot of quality. Uh, I think Adi Nalic could maybe have a bit more impact this season, could maybe a bit more trust in him. Uh, can he win the trust of, of, uh, of Yondal Thomason? And then you've still got players like Bonke Innocent, uh, Oscar Levitsi, Anders Christiansen, who's been one of the best players in the league for many, many years. Um, Soren Meeks is getting on a bit now. And there's two sort of, well, three players maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll leave. One of them I'll leave because he, we're going to talk about him a bit later. But two young players maybe to keep an eye out for. Mubarak Nu, uh, he's an 18-year-old who um, he's highly thought of. He made his debut at 15 uh, for Osters and then Malmo signed him a few seasons ago now. He's sort of coming of age now, 18-year-old left winger. And they've also got a lad called Sebastian Nanasi, another 18-year-old. Now, he was on loan at Viberg Boys last season. Didn't play much, six games in Osvenskan. But uh, maybe there's going to be a focus on bringing through some of the younger players. And another player, which we'll talk about later, is Amin Saar, uh, the 20-year-old right winger, where I think he'll get a, a lot more game time this season. So, yeah, it's um, a bit of a younger, maybe, outlook team. Uh, but but don't don't be surprised if Malmo signs some players in the, in the summer window. I wouldn't be surprised to see yeah. them bring him on two more. Uh, squad depth itself is one of their massive advantages on a lot of the other teams, isn't it? Like They seem loaded in terms of positions and, and stuff, and that's important for... You know, this season, we, there are midweek games in the Arsvenskan. They're going to be involved in European competition. This is a major plus area, isn't it? The actual squad depth. It is. And I think also the fact that uh, Thomason has won the league. You know, he's brought in a hybrid style of sort of Dutch-Swedish brand of football. Um, you know, he's coming where Ove Rosler failed and, and he's won the league immediately in his first season. You know, they have lost some big names in, in, in the past few years. The likes of Guillermo Molines, who I didn't personally really think that much of, to be honest, but he was a big player. Antonsen, like I say, Kisa Tellin. 
Um, you know, they've lost Charleston now for Batcheru. So they've had they've had a lot of players sort of um, leaving in, in previous seasons. And I'll be very, very surprised if Ahmed Hodzic is there past the summer. So I think they may even need to bring in a, a centre-back. Now, they do have one uh, young player called Noah Eiley, who is another 18-year-old they've got big hopes for. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you're going to ask me for my prediction, but uh, I think the squad is, is quite strong. And I do think that um, Boom and Savage in particular could be a, a, a really good player to watch this season. So I'm quite big on Malmo this season, and I'm going to do something I haven't done uh, for three years on this podcast, Steve. And what's that? I'm going to predict them to win the title. <laughs> you come straight in there with the uh, with the first place prediction. Um, the defending champions and uh, Jonathan Verdugba thinks that they can uh, get that gold medal again. So I mean, just before we do move on to uh, some other teams, is there any sort of reasons for pessimism? Uh, with Mamo, have got all bases covered? Yeah, well, I think, you know, one, I mean, one of the things that, you know, in the part, I've never predicted Mamo to, to win the league, like I say, and I've always, I've always sort of overlooked them. And I think this is the first time where, you know, I, I can't really overlook them just because of the strength of the squad. I, th- I think back to front, they've got, they've got the best team. If you were looking for reasons for pessimism, I'd come back to the, the, the forward, like I say. I, there's a, there's a big season in store for Kolak. He has to prove himself. Now, don't get me wrong, he's, he's had a decent career in terms of his goal numbers, but I still think that there's a lot for him to prove, really. I, I'm not too sure, can he be the man to carry carry off from where Kisa Tenen left off? Like I say, Kisa Tenen was a key, key, key player for them. You know, he scored a lot of goals. Uh, he was really, really important to their all-round game. And, and I just, I, I, I wonder about that. Uh, I really do wonder about that. And I think, you know, Kolak's giving it the big chat, um, but can he actually do it? You know, like I say, Kisa Tenen got 14 goals last season, joint third top scorer. Um, he also weighed in with quite a few assists. He was key in bigger games. So the, the other area is Joe Ingeberger. Is you know I know you're not a big fan of him and his beard, but he's he's getting on a bit now as well. You know he's a year older. He's, he's sort of 30 now. Toivonen's and 34. So they're really going to need the likes of Amin Saar. They're really going to need the younger players to, to sort of come through. And there's always those question marks, isn't there, when there's that transition? Um, you know, can can the younger players do it? Can the older players keep keep up with it? So that's maybe the area I'd look at and say it'll be a question mark. Obviously, Europe as well. How, how are they going to adapt to the focus in, of European football? Um, trying to obviously qualify for the Champions League. So that could affect them as well. And then the other question mark, Steve, like I say, key players. Can, will uh, Hodzic stay? If he does stay, then it'll be a big boost. If he leaves, who do they replace him with? Because they will need a, a strong centre-back, in my opinion. They've lost one or two as well. Bengtsson's gone now. Um, and then the other question is, will Thomason stay? Because there's actually been some rumours that he'll move to the Eredivisie. Um, some reports that he, you know, teams there are looking at him now to bring bring him in as their manager. So that will be another question mark. You know, he's a big name, um, big famous personality. Will he actually stay in Osvenskan for another se- full season? And um, those three things maybe might give uh, the other teams a little bit of hope. But uh, all in all, I do think they're the favourites. And uh, this time, I'm going with the big dogs. Okay, so uh, Malmo, that's your predicted title winners uh who then are you going to be predicting um to finish as a runners up this year Jonathan? yes yeah, it's, it's a tough one um we've had a, I've had a bit of a debate with you and i think i'm pretty confident to to do it. i mean the media have also predicted this so i'm going a bit with it you know i like to go against the grain most of the time but uh this season i'm afraid my top three is quite sort of in line with the general school of thought and i've gone for beko hacken now, they could compete for the title, don't get me wrong. I actually think they've got a little chance of maybe competing. Um, I really like their squad. 
and I really like how they've been developing over the years, just just gradually getting better and better and better. Um, and I do think this could be the year now where they've got the most settled squad. I think uh, I think they've got the most exciting, arguably the most exciting squad in the league. So they've got a blend of kind of, you know, they, they know what they're doing, but they've also brought in some good names. And I think, you know, third last season. So I think this is, you know, a natural, potentially a natural progression. I mean, so this is second. Very, very interesting here. Um, you've got obviously Hecken for those listeners who are not aware they are. Another club from Gothenburg got Marek Hamsek has come into IFK Göteborg, and uh, here we are. You know, it might be the team from the other side of the city that kind of is the is the one that's up there um, more than IFK. We don't know where you're going to predict IFK yet, though. So it might be that you have them high. But um, Hecken, then, um, I mean, they're always up there, aren't they, Jonathan? The last since we've been doing these podcasts, I must say they always seem to be hovering around the top six at the very worst i think they've had good cup runs they might have even won a cup in, in the time that we've covered the, the this podcast so what really sort of makes you believe uh, to be fair they were only they were third last year so it's only one more step up but i think for them to finish second they're gonna have to make at least another 10 points up i would say they finished 49 points last year they've got to be nothing you know up around the 60 point mark to be sort of second i would say in general what makes you think they can sort of make that step up then you say you're excited about the squad Tell us a bit more about the squad makeup. Yeah, well, you're right. They won the cup in 2019 and they're also in the cup final this season. So, you know, we'll talk about that maybe in part two. They've made their way to the cup final. Looked very good in pre-season, in my opinion. They look probably the most, uh, I think, settled team already. They, you know, they, they, they kind of breeze through. Uh, you know, some of the games had challenges, but they really, I, I think they look the strongest team in the league in, in, in the Swedish Cup so far. Um, won a cup in, like I say, 2019. They also won it in 2016. Um but the highest they've ever finished in Osvenskan is, is second. So this would be uh, a joint best ever finish if they do manage it. In 2012, they finished in second place. And yeah, I, I think they can do it again. And I'll give you some some reasons why. Like you say, I mean, they finished sec- uh, third last season, two points behind Elsborg. And it was a little bit of a disappointing finish, really, because they were 11 points behind Malmo in the end, but probably should have done a slightly better. Um, I'm going to throw out a few reasons. And now, number one, I, I really like their recruitment. I think they have some really good players, Steve, actually, that they've bought. And um, they've been quite active in the transfer market, unlike Malmo. They've brought in um, a lot of players. You know, number one in goal, obviously, they've got Pontus Dahlberg, who's back from uh, back from Watford on loan. Now, of course, he he came from EFCOR's academy. We talked about him a lot in the early days of this podcast when he was sort of an 18-year-old. He was sold to Watford and he's not made it there. So he's he's back on loan now at Hacken, uh, back in Gothenburg. He's 22 now. He's had he's had some some bad injury problems and... Um, you know, he's had some off-field sort of health problems, which have um, kept him in, in a little bit of a, you know, off the field. But he did play in some of the cup games. And it, for me, he's a standout goalkeeper at this level. I think he's a top, I think he's an elite goalkeeper at this level. Uh, in my opinion, too good for Osvenskan. And I think it's a massive coup that they've kept him for, for another, I think it's a half season. But, um, you know, I think having him again is, is a really, really solid, uh, you know, um, sort of pickup. Uh, they put in Martin Olsen, of course, formerly of Blackburn. He's played, I think, 200 games in the Premier League. Of course, he was at Helsingborg last season. He'll add a bit of experience in there. Um, they've got a lot of young players that they brought in, Steve, and this is, plays into their whole sort of youth recruitment that I talked about. They brought in a, a lad from uh, Valure called Valgar Lundal Fridriksson, who's a 19 year old right back. Played at left back in some of the cup games. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he'll get in the team, but uh, you know, he, he looks quite exciting. They've also got a, lo- a young player they've brought from um, Ivory Coast called Yannick Adjuwamani. 
Now, the new sporting director, of course, replacing Sonny Carson, said um, he's a very exciting player and one we followed for some time. So he's on a loan deal with an option to buy. Um, that's the defence. You know, and they've they have lost one or two in defence, obviously. Um, Zuta left, you know, before he got gone to Serie B. Um, they've lost Adam Anderson, of course, who's gone to Rosenborg and one or two others. But uh, and, and that's the, maybe the one area I'd question in terms of the defense is the defense strong enough? But I think Olsen signing that gives a bit of experience, which is good. They've got God's will at Ekpolo, who's still there, the right back, um, who's, a, who's a decent player at this level. Uh, but it's it's really in the forward area and, and the midfield where they look good to me, Steve. Yeah, I um, I noticed they lost Alexander Söderlund to uh, a Turkish club, uh, which is a bit of a shame. I, I do like Söderlund. I thought he could go well at Hecken, but it does. Uh, I, I noticed they brought back Alexander Yeremiev from Dynamo Dresden, £360,000 deal. Now, he's someone that's a proven goal scorer at this level, isn't he, Jonathan? And uh, you're right, they've certainly been active in the transfer market. A couple of Ivorians have come in, youngsters who look good. Uh, a nice blend of experience and youth. Tobias uh, Heinz, ex-Sarchburg player, of course, that's coming from Turkey. Uh, I think he's a. have always rated him. I think he can go well. So, yeah, I can see why you're very excited about this squad, um, Jonathan. If they can... sort of, The good thing is, of course, we've already had Swedish Cup, so it's not like you you need the squad to gel and blend in as well, isn't it? I think they can hit the ground running straight away. But, I mean, Yeremiev, I mean, how important is he going to be? Massive. And, you know, I'm going to go through the midfield and attack uh, because, really, this is where my rationale for them challenging for the title comes in. And I do think they can challenge for the title. And I do actually think, Steve, that it's time for a bit of pressure on Hacken. You know, they've always been a nice team. They've always been a team where you say, oh, well, you know, you, they kind of get patted on the head a little bit. And it's like, oh, well, they're, you know, they're developing nicely, aren't they? They're in their little stadium in Hissingen. You know, and they get sort of, I'm not saying overlooked, but they get a little bit dismissed uh, amongst all the big boys in in, in, in Osvenskan. You know, you've got traditionally bigger teams, haven't you? Or you call EF Core, Hammerby, uh, Malmo, you know, Norshopping. And hacking kind of little, sometimes, just like I say, I get maybe not patronised, but they do get looked down a bit. I think I think it's time for a bit of pressure on this team now. I think it's time for them to step up, and I think they've got the ability to do so. Um, and I'm going to explain why, of course. We we'll start with Yeremiev, like you say. Um, he's back up there. They paid 360 grand for him. To me, he, in pre-season and cup games I've seen, he looks a more complete player. I think the the the, the trip to the Bundesliga's fire will have helped him. Uh, I think he looks a more rounded player now. I think he's going to come back now with a bit of arrogance about him, a bit of confidence. He's still only 27, so I think he's got the ability there, you know, to sort of really pick up. Soderlund's gone. Um, didn't really work out for him in the end. I, I thought he looked good in the early days, but I was surprised that he left. Um, he's moved to Turkey. Um, but yeah, I think Yeremiev can carry the can up front. They've still got Yassi Tuaminen as well, who, who, who has some ability. And they've also got a young lad that I, I definitely think we should note, and I may well talk about him a little bit later, called Leonardo Farah Shaheen, who's a 17-year-old who's been linked with um, quite some big Premier League clubs. Now, I think he could have a, a say as a young player, maybe off the bench this season, one to keep an eye on. And then you look at the midfield, and I'm just going to list off some names before I sort of talk about them. You've got Daleho Erendust, who, who's moved to Toulouse in Ligue 2, fell apart. So he's still there. He's, he's injured at the moment. So, he'll, you know, he start the season injured. You've got Jack Lane, who's on loan from Amiens. You know, now he hasn't really found his place yet. But uh, as a 19-year-old, he's still got a lot of ability. And I think I think that smaller pitch could help him, Matt And I think... I think it could be the right right move for him, right place for him to maybe recapture hit some of his early form at, at Bromo Poikina. Uh, they've got a young lad I'll talk about later called Benny Traore, a right winger, 18-year-old from the Ivory Coast. I've really liked him in preseason. 
Uh, Tobias Heinz, you mentioned, I think he could be a breakout player in the league this season. I think he, I think he could be a top, top player. Um, three assists in his first four games for Hacken um, in the Swedish Cup. And I think he, he looks really, really good. You know, you mentioned he was at Sarpsborg and he's also, he's come from Turkey and um, he's playing an attacking midfield role at the moment. And he can also play off the left. And I, I think at 22 years old, he's definitely one to watch. Leo Bengtsson, I'm going to talk about later. I really like him. Um, another 22-year-old. Patrick Wallenmark is another one. Um, I know he's been linked with sort of big clubs abroad. And, they've, you know, the, the names just keep going. <laughs> you know, William, William Milovanovic as well is one to look out for, Swedish under-17 international. So, really, Steve, like I say, they, they're quite stacked, I think, in, in, in midfield and attack. And um, a lot of young names, so they're going to be exciting to watch. They may not be that consistent, but there's a lot of ability in this squad. What sort of style are we expecting from Hecken this year? Tell us a bit more about their manager, the tactics, um, and what you're expecting in that and that side of things. Yeah, the manager Andreas Alm, um, you know, he replaced Mickey Stara uh, a long while ago. Now he's been there, I think, three, four years. Um, I think this is his third or fourth season. Um, it will be probably Darberg um, in goal. I think I think it'll be a four-two-three-one. Probably Ekpolo right back, maybe potentially, um, or Fredriksson potentially, maybe. Um, Olsen, I think maybe play as a left back, if not maybe Oscar Sferrison or um, what someone else potentially. They've got a lot of versatility in in, in those back places. Um, I am a little bit concerned about the centre backs. Uh, you know, I've always liked Johan Hammer. He used to play for Everton, but if I'm honest, can he lead a title charge? I'm not sure. Um, you've got Yuna Toivo in there as well. Rasmus Lindgren is 36. So uh, uh, you've got Tobias Carlsen. So I would say maybe that's an, a question mark. You know, can the centre backs do enough? Can the, is the back four good enough? I think that's maybe where they'll fall fall down in terms of winning the league. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be four two three one. I think you'll see two defensive midfielders probably in in uh, it will either be Falsetas Freiburg um, along with Gustav Berggren. Uh, then you'll see Heinz. I think as an attacking midfielder. You'll see right wing. I think you'll see Benny Chiori. I definitely think we'll look out for him this season. I think you'll see on the left maybe either Jack Lane. Um, you could play Ali Youssef or Leo Bengtsson. I think Bengtsson will probably, probably take take that spot to begin with. We haven't even mentioned Arundus yet, so where's he going to fit in? Maybe compete with Heinz. I think they'll try and look to shift Arundus in the summer because it's almost like there's no place for him now. But uh, if he stays, he's a big player. And then, of course, up front, you've got Jeremy F. So 4-2-3-1, um, that'll be it. You know, They'll look to counter-attack. They'll look to have fast-breaking play. Troyer is a quick player. Bengtsson's very creative. Heinz is very creative. Um, so yeah, it's just maybe at the back and they keep out the goals uh, to to sort of maybe be strong in, in these tough away games, which is a big question mark, really. Yeah, they, I mean, they do sound like a very exciting team. They're going to be in Europe, of course, so they're going to have that to deal with as well. It sounds like they've got a fairly decent squad in terms of depth to deal with it as well. Um, just before we do move on, I mean, I'm not going to ask you but this about every single team, but um, from a neutral point of view, if you're after a sort of a new club to support in, in Sweden and that. I think you could do a lot worse than Hecken. Would you agree, agree with me there? Because they're kind of an up-and-coming club, aren't they? Exciting. You know, they've uh, historically they've had some success, but they're not like, you know, they've been overshadowed by like big boy neighbour, IFK, Jotteborg. Would be a good club for someone new to get on the back of. Very exciting. I think they'll be, for me personally, in terms of teams to watch at the beginning of the season, I think they're the most exciting team to watch. They'll, they'll be the team I start watching from the beginning. Uh, if that makes sense, they got Halmstad on the first game away from home. Um, I'm expecting quite a sort of comfortable win there. It'll be a surprise if they don't win that game. And from there, it will just be, can they get that momentum? Um, we talked about them in the last podcast. So I would suggest if anyone wants a bit more information on Hacken and why why you should support them, their history in terms of Gothenburg, 
um, their rivals EF Core. Go and listen to that podcast. But um, I like them a lot. You know, like I say, I lived very close to the stadium when I when, when I was living there. Really nice club, family club. Um, I think they've done things the right way in the last few years. So I think that their success is deserved. I think it's been built on solid foundations year by year. And that's why I think this year, year they'll kind of take that next step to second. And ultimately, you know, like I say, why why can't they win on Svenskan? You know, with the, with the ability they've got in that in that squad, why can't they be challenging? I think this is the year now to really start saying, listen, we've got bigger ambitions than just being a nice team in this league. You play nice football. Um, they're not really, you know, if you're looking at the Premier League, they're not they're not a nasty team. That's the only thing I would say. They're not a kind of stoke. They're not a, you know, they're not a, they're not in your face. Malmo can get in your face and mix it up when they need to, grind things out. And there's a few other teams in this league that can grind. Um, Hacken not haven't quite proven that they can be nasty. And I think that's maybe the one area they they might fall down if they can get that nasty element to them. And I think Yeremiev could play a part in that. You know, he's come back with that experience from from Germany. Maybe he can be that man up front and just add a bit of bit of grit about them. Then that will help them. But uh, yeah, they're a really nice club. I, I really like them. I've got a lot of time for them, and I think people watching them will will enjoy it this season. Yeah, and you might have done them a favour by predicting them second and not winning the league, Jonathan. So. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Pico Hacken, a club to that you are predicting them second place to win the silver medal. Now, we are going to go to Stockholm now, and I can reveal that only one Stockholm team is in your predicted top five. So, this is going to be interesting which team this is. You can now reveal who you're predicting for the bronze medal. Yeah, when, when you put it like that, I didn't actually think about it that way, but uh, you're right, there's only one Stockholm team which. <laughs> I might have a bit of egg on my face at the end of this season if if, if uh, the other two teams sort their acts out. But um, in third place, I'm going for Jurgården, and again, I'm going for the media media prediction as well. They've predicted them in third, so uh, I don't like to sort of agree with people if that makes sense. So I'm a bit disappointed in myself for not being a bit left field there. Uh, they finished fourth last season, and I think this season they'll take an extra step third, and I, I think they could compete for the title as well. Yeah, the champions of 2019, of course. So they do have. Uh, recent pedigree and uh, in terms of the managerial is it still are we still looking at the joint managerial duo there at Jorga and Jonathan we are indeed L- luckily for them uh, recently I think renewed their contracts well at least um, Kim Bergstrand did I think someone Slagoff did as well uh, then well, Kim Bergstrand is very lucky to keep his job I, I mentioned in the, one of the preseason podcasts he said some very untoward things <laughs> um, maybe just out of place like I say I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I think you know, from what I understand of him, he seems like a nice guy. But yeah, he made a few comments that I think in England would have got him the sack. I think he would have been out of a job. Um, long story short, he compared. <laughs> long story short, he said that there's something to be learnt from the Nazis, which, uh, <laughs> let's face it, Steve, in this day and age, you mm. probably can't get away with that. Which, uh, I think it was misplaced, like I say, and you can go back and read the comments and stuff like that if you want a bit more context. But I'm not going to go into it too much now. But, um, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And uh, I think... I think it was more out of turn than anything sinister. Um, he's kept his job, and he is, for my money, one of the best managers um, in this league. I think he's. I think he's proven himself. I think he's always got bright ideas. I think he's always looking to regenerate the team. He did really. They did really well at Sirius, the duo, of course, before they moved to Eurogarden. Um, this is the. I think the third season now, fourth season. So they you know, they've, they're creating a bit of a legacy at Eurogarden, um, and that contract will be probably, in terms of on the field matters, certainly deserved, in my opinion. Now, this is a team, Steve, they've had a lot. I mean, we could be here for 10 minutes talking about their transfers alone because it's, there's been heavy, heavy changes um, to the Eurogarden squad in this in this uh, window. And so I'm going to just literally run through some of the names um, that they've brought in. I won't probably, you can maybe ask me about them, but, you know, I won't dwell on too many of them. 
Um, Alexander Vasutin joins uh, on loan from Zenit in goal. Um, they've also brought a, a young player back called Jacob Videl Zetterstrom. He uh, he had a career break uh, with a with a really serious concussion. It's really nice to see him back. Um, he'll probably be the second or third choice goalkeeper. Um, they still got Tommy Vaiho, of course, in goal as well. So they've got three quite sort of fairly strong keepers. Um, they've brought in Jesper Lofgren at centre back. Um, I think he was previously a brand. Um, they've got Leo Kornick, who we'll talk about maybe in a bit. Axel Wallenborg, Isaac Heen. So those, they've bought quite a few players from the third division um, of of, um, of of Sweden. All three of them have played in the third tier before. They've bought Halmar Ekdal, who was statistically one of the best uh, defensive players in the league last season from Sirius. I think he's going to be really good this season. I think he's one to watch. Um, they've brought in Elias Anderson from Sirius again as well. Uh, he had a very good season there. Rasmus Schuller, who I like. Um, he's coming from uh, HJK Helsinki. Albion Ademi, left wing. Hampus Findel uh, has come in as well. Peter McGregor. Now, this is a bit of a random signing. They've signed him from Jamaica, the Jamaican league. So I don't know who's scouting that league, but uh, fair enough to him. Peter McGregor joins up front. And the big name, really, um, is Joel Osoro. Now, he's come back from Swansea City. Um, he went to Sunderland as a 16-year-old. And he's the big name, probably one of the biggest signings of this window in any any division, in any league, in sorry, in any team. So as far as the big name, big name signing, but as you can see, there's Steve, a lot, a lot of changes, uh, and a lot of players have left as well. Peter McGregor is a Jamaican guy, um, centre forward from Duhaney Park in Jamaica. I mean, this what a name for a Jamaican, Peter McGregor. <laughs> I mean, I've obviously watched a lot of cricket, West Indies. It doesn't sound like a sort of name that would prop up in one of their teams. But uh, he's already intrigued me, that guy. I want to get him in my, in my fantasy team straight away. He's got, like a very, he's got a very sort of like um, reggae kind of name, in my opinion. You know, I'm thinking like Peter, maybe I'm thinking of Peter Tosh, but, you know, <laughs> he's got a very sort of Peter McGregor just got a kind of a, a, a reggae name, in my opinion. But, yeah, I don't know how they've scouted him in that team. I've never heard, I've literally, and you know, I like to think I know quite a lot about football. Uh, I've never heard of that team in my life, so... Whoever's doing the scouting at Jurgen, you know, to pick up, yeah. we'll see how it goes. But um, he's got a lot of competition because they've got quite a few top strikers in that in that um, forward line as well. They've got Emir Kujovic as well. They've got Kali Homburg and they've got Eduard Chalufia. So um, old McGregor's going to have a bit of competition there, but maybe he's one for the future. I actually watched a Jamaican team play in the CONCACAF Champions League a year or two ago. Can't remember what they were called. But uh, I think they got battered on aggregate. But so uh, yeah, I do. I do have a little bit of a pedigree in Jamaican football. But um, yeah, I mean, just looking at their transfers here, it's, it's sort of in out, shake it all about, isn't it? There um, so many ins and outs of the, of the team. Uh, one departure that really stands out to me, though, and uh, I'm kind of surprised that you predict him so high when he's departing. Frederick Ulverstad has been such a key player for your gun in the last few years. How, that's going to be a massive loss, right? Yeah, he's obviously he's played for Burnley in the past. He's played for um, Charlton Athletic. He's 120 plus games in Elite Serien as well, Norway International. Um, he's gone to China, so he's, he's you know I'm not sure if he's going to be getting paid much because you know that league has kind of had its problems in the last few weeks. So it's not necessarily any more of a lucrative move. I don't know. Uh, maybe he is, but uh, maybe he got in there you know before the doors shut. But uh, he'll be missed. I think I was with like you a bit surprised he left. Um, like I say, your garden seemed to quite like rotation. And I think that's why I've got them in third. I, you know, I think um, to to blend all this together to win a title is a, is going to be a real challenge for the for the management duo. Um, but they've brought in a player who I think will potentially replace him quite well, and that's Rasmus Schuller. Now I've seen bits of him in pre-season, and I like what I see. 
spreads the play nicely. Um, you know, he's a good ball player. He can play off his left foot. Uh, good distribution, short, medium, long-range passing. I saw him in a couple of preseason games, um, pinging crossfield passes and that. And I think, you know, it's, obviously it's only preseason, so it's hard to judge. But uh, I did like what I, little bits I saw of Rasmus Schuller. Forty-four caps for Finland. Um, he's played at Beckelhaken in the past. I think he could be could be an interesting signing for them. He's twenty-nine, so he's, you know he's experienced. Uh, and I also think there's going to be a step up for Emmanuel Banda. I think they'll be more expected of the uh, the Zambian international. Didn't really maybe have a huge impact last season. Um, I think he kept joined from Belgium, but uh, he also looks quite strong in that centre midfield. So I think those two potentially could maybe alleviate the loss of Ulverstad. Um, and they've also lost Astrid Adjurevic as well. And, uh, you know, Kevin Walker, they've, got, they've lost quite a few players as well. You know, Jesper Karlstrom's gone to Lech Poznan for 720k. So, you know, that's four big names really in that midfield. Jonathan Ring as well has left. That's four or five big names. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of ins and outs. And by the way, Shula, I've seen him uh, at Minnesota United in MLS. I did, I rated him as well. I think he's a good signing. But, uh, I mean, in terms of like, Jürgen, they, they won the league and... They've basically gone from losing just four matches to losing 10. That's the, they've had the same number of draws as they had in the title winning season. It's just six wins turned into defeat. So how can they turn that around and and get themselves back in into this bronze medal position? I, I'm, it sounds it looks like they've signed well in terms of new, plenty of new additions. It's about Is it about this team gelling now and getting an identity back? Because they were quite strong defensively in the title winning year. Do you see them becoming a bit uh, more solid defensively once more? They're going to have to to have any kind of like title say. I think I think your garden they do have a chance of challenging for this title. I, I, I like the managers, like I say, so I do think they'll have um, you know they they'll they'll have something to say about the league this season, in my opinion. They they, they didn't start um, hugely well. I didn't think last season, and it kind of went from there. You know, I did I, I thought they they kind of yeah, like you say, they lost they lost too many games. They lost they lost you know two of their opening three games. Um, and you know, really, that you know, they, they went through spells of losing quite a lot. They lost to Falkenberg, you know, they lost to Mialbi, they lost, they lost, you know, quite a lot of big games. Really, lost at home to Urubro, um, and they lost quite a few derbies as well. They lost obviously at home to Hammerby, uh, and that kind of thing. Lost to Helsingborg, who got relegated. So, you know, lost to two relegated sides, for example. That's that's not really good enough. I think this season they'll look to start quicker. Uh, I think the problem is, can those players gel? You know, and that's why I've got them in third because I think it's going to take some time. I think maybe you could look at them for next season, potentially winning the league. I think a key, uh, Steve, is going to be Jola Soro. How does he adapt? Now, I've been watching him a bit in pre-season and um, I've actually got a Scout blog coming out about him, so I won't say too much, but i um, delighted to say we're renewing our partnership with Scout for 2021. Uh, so we'll continue the blogs this season and it's going to be great to bring you more statistics and data around the, uh, the Osvenskan. But um, I've, I've written a blog about Soro because he is a big-name signing. Now, I know there's bigger names that we're going to talk about later in the league if we've joined, but uh, Osoro went to um, Sunderland in 2016 and when they were in the Premier League, don't forget, uh, and he was a you know 16-year-old at the time. Manchester United wanted him. He, he, he trained at Chelsea. Um, he came from Bromma Poikina, of course, as, as almost everyone does these days, you know, the, any youth player pretty much. Um, but it, it really didn't work out for him at Sunderland. Obviously, they got relegated back-to-back, -back, went down to League One. Um, he then left to Swansea for two million, played under Graham Potter. He was Potter's first signing. Um, but Potter didn't really play him much. He played him on the right wing. And Osorio really is a striker. Now, Osorio said that he's had personal problems in the last few years that have affected him. And he gave quite an honest interview when he joined Yoga and said, listen, now I want to, you know, want to make a career and I want to prove myself. And um, although I'll be honest, Steve, he's looked a bit, 
he's looked not very sharp in preseason. He's looked a little bit, you know, rusty. I think I think he'll need a few months to settle in. But um, if he does hit the form that he's known for, he, he scores some quality goals at Sunderland uh, and also at Groningen on loan. So he's got ability there. And, and also, we'll talk about him later, but Edouard Chalufia, I think this could be the year for him, really. I think, I think there's a big, big, big player there, potentially. So um, they've got two forwards who can score the goals. Um, Schuller, like I say, I really like. Elias Anderson is a good player. Bander, I like. Um, question marks maybe about Curtis Edwards and, and Nicholas Barcroft, who I think will probably be in line to start. Uh, um, can they carry a tight winning team again? We'll see. Um, getting on a little bit now, maybe Barcroft 29. And also the big thing in this squad is really they've got a lot of rotation in that, in that centre-back position. And they've got a lot of young names coming in. Um, Leo Kornick is only 20. Isaac Hine is 22, but they've all played in the third tier. So there's going to be big question marks about them. I think Ekdal is a really, really good signing from Sirius. Um, and obviously they got left back and right back, Elliot Shesh and Astalak Vitri, you know, the guys who won them the title that time, the two two right backs, uh, sorry, the two full backs. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's going to be an exciting team, I think. They'll be an interesting watch for sure. But I'm not sure if they're quite as blended and gelled as, as, as say, Hacken or Malmö. So third place prediction for you for your garden. And now the team that you're predicting for us, I'm actually going to introduce them myself. Uh, we usually give them like a one or two minute slot in our preseason podcast preview uh, around mid table, but not this time. We're going to give Elfsborg a little bit more love. They were the surprise package last year, finishing second place. You're actually predicting them fourth this time, a little bit of a drop down, but still very, very respectable enough. And now I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who do not know much about Elfsborg. We did discuss them quite a lot last year, in fairness. So for those regular listeners, we sh- you should know a little bit more than the previous campaign. To tell us what was what was so good about Elfsborg last year, Jonathan, and, and why you think they can sort of maintain their spot in that top five? Yeah, I think the first place to start is if if you are a supporter of any team in Osvenskan this season, uh, we want to hear from you. So if you do actually support Elfsborg and you're listening to this podcast, please tweet us at NordicFootPod. Um, I'm going to sort of tweet maybe as the season goes on, but I want to find the supporter of every single team in the league this year. And, you know, maybe we can even get you on the show. Maybe we can sort of um, bring you in. You know, maybe we can ask you about games and things like that. So I want to find an Elfsborg fan because I know that there was one podcast we did last season and we had quite a bit of feedback, didn't we, from one or two fans. Um, And I know they're quite well supported team Elfsborg. They've got a a proud history. So if you do support Elfsborg, get in touch because, yeah, we didn't talk about them much in the previous years, but... uh, Second place finish last season. They were fantastic. Um, they do have a, you know, relatively strong history uh, in that in the yellow and black, a bit like Hacken in those yellow and black shirts. Um, you know, and I think they've got, you know, a, a decent squad. I think they lost a few names. Uh, they are six-time Swedish champions, so you know they've got they've got real history. Uh, not won the league since 2012, but uh, they have got you know they have got ability. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of why I've picked them in in in, in in fourth, I think I think I was probably quite harsh on them last season. I think I had them. Can't remember where I had them, but it was nowhere near second. Uh, and I think Jimmy Tellen now has maybe proven my concerns maybe a little bit wrong. Um, one thing I really like about Elfsborg in recent seasons is I think their recruitment's been spot on. Um, I think they've got things right where previously they didn't. I, I used to think with Elfsborg they were just a bit of a bit of a nothing team. Um, they had a lot of decent players with potential, but they never really maybe got enough game time. It was always a bit mishmash. Um, this year, they've you know they haven't brought in too many new names, but the names they have brought in you know are players that I think have have a are worth watching. 
I'll just run you through some of them very quickly. They brought in Simon Anderson from Brentford B. Um, he didn't make the grade as a goalkeeper. Uh, it was just a young player, so I don't know if he'll start. I mean, there's a lot of rumours that Tim Running, um, the goalkeeper, first-choice goalkeeper, there's a lot of rumours he might go to Celtic. So if that's the case, then maybe Anderson's going to come in and be an instant replacement. Um, they've also got Matthias Dingerland, who maybe could compete. Um, they've brought in a young... Uh, well, they've brought in a guy on loan, 23 years old, from uh, Austria-Vienna. His name is Maudu Jarjewe. Now, he's a centre-back. Um, and one thing I have to say is we talked about Joseph Akumu on the podcast. You know, he was in our team of the season and we recently put out a tweet about him and the links to Rangers. But, um, you know, in the past, maybe I'd have been a bit questioning who on earth is Maldu Jarjoy. But the fact that Nelsborg's recruitment has been quite good recently just makes me think to myself, maybe, you know, maybe there's a player here. So we'll see. The jury's out. He's played in the Azerbaijani Premier League mainly. So, um, you know, it's a bit of a weird one. But, uh, you know, Akumu played in the second division in... America so you know they picked him up and he, he was fantastic for them and he's, he's a really really strong player I've seen him compared to Van Dyke in the in recent um, days from the Elfsborg players so um, we'll see how Jardway gets on and uh, they brought in a, a defensive midfielder called Andre Rommer um, mainly played in Denmark and they've also got a young player who they signed called Ahmed Kassim now he nearly made my 10 to watch uh, he's a Swedish under 17 international I think he's he may even make it actually I, I'll reveal that later but uh He's a left-footed player who, who's got a lot of um, potential. And then, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it in terms of recruitment. But uh, in general, although they have lost some some players, which I think is the reason why I've got them a little bit lower down, and if I'm honest, I think Okumi will leave in the summer latest because there's a lot of interest in him. Um, they do still have a lot of strong strong players. You know, Johan Larsson was an unbelievable last season. Best right back in the league. Um, he, he's still there. They've got, you know, Leo Weisenen, who who's decent. Um Still got a few decent names in, in that squad, I think, you know. And they've got a few young players as well with some points to prove. Um, the likes of Kevin Holman as well. I think he's, he's it's a bit of a funny situation, this Steve. He is actually the uh, uh, the nephew of Samuel Holman. So uncle and uncle and nephew could play in the same team this season. Um, Samuel Holman, 36. Kevin Holman, 19 years old. So you could have a centre midfield of uh, uncle and nephew, which will be quite an interesting one. Um, but yeah, they've got a few decent players. So um, I've got no fourth. Yeah, just a personal word of warning to Elsborg because I just noticed they lost Sivert, Helter, Nielsen to one of the Belgian teams who doesn't get a Belgian from the Alsvenskan. Um Now, when when Bran lost him, he uh, Bran kind of, their midfield just dissipated. They were never the same without him. I just wonder whether he could be one of them underrated players that kind of goes under the radar and they might struggle with him out of the way. Obviously, they lost... Um, a bit. Their top scorer, uh, Carlson, uh, left them as well. Still relying on Per Frick and Rasmus Alm for goals. But, I mean, they look an interesting team. They, um, you know, you never know quite what you're going to get with Elspur, but they only lost three matches last year. 15 draws. That's incredible. Half their matches ended draws. So, yeah, I mean, if those draws, you're not going to have as many as that again, aren't you? But it's just a question of how many of those draws turn into wins and how many turns into defeats, really, in my opinion. But um, fourth place finish um you've got them uh, for this year so we'll move on we'll move on to uh, your next just just quickly before we do move on on Elsborg, um i think the big question mark with them is going to be uh, um, the forward forwards as you said uh, the media have predicted them in sixth and if i'm honest i could see them dropping because like you say they've lost a few key players um so i think it's an optimistic fourth i think i'm, I'm paying a lot of respect to how they did last season um really and i think there is a, equally a good chance they could drop further down 
Um, so I, I'm not sold on them definitely being fourth. And I think the big question mark is, you know, can Pear Frick score the goals really that they need? Because Carlson scored a lot of goals before he left. Um, Frick scored, I think, 10 goals. But the only other backup they have is a, a young player called Moroccan Dioni, who I really, really like. By the way, I've talked about him a lot. He was in my tent to watch a few years ago. Um, I saw him out in Sweden live and I, I like him. Is this the year for him to step up? Maybe. Uh, he was on loan at Orgreek last season. And they've also got a young 19-year-old called Jack Cooper Love, which is a fantastic name, by the way. But uh, he's, a, he's a player to watch. So I do worry if they've got enough goals in them. But I'm giving a lot of respect to Jimmy Tellin here and, and the way they built their squad and also the recruitment. So um, that's where I've got them at fourth. I like that from you, Jonathan, because you've kind of, I'm not saying you've eaten humble pie here or anything, because, you know, you, 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 I know in the past you've doubted him, but I like how you're giving him a bit of respect here after what they did last year. I say fair play to you there, um, for sure. So, right, we'll move on. Let's just, just run through your fifth to eighth sort of predictions now, and then we're going to talk about these clubs individually. There's some really big dogs in this section, by the way. So definitely keep your ears peeled. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> any team is not here in the top four, obviously. Um, it's a big names, isn't there? So we've got Newell Shopping fifth. Don't know if you want me to say this. Yeah, 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 go through them, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I've got Newell Shopping fifth. I've got Hammerby sixth. I've got EF Core Yotaborg seventh, and I've got Oi Core eighth. Now, this is very subject to change. Newell Shopping finished sixth last season. Uh, I've got them one place higher. Media predicts them fifth as well. Uh, Hammerby finished eighth last season, so I've got them slightly higher. Media predict them fourth. EAF Core finished twelfth last season, so this is a big um, rise. I've got them seventh. I don't think they're going to compete for the title. A lot of people said they'll compete for the league this season. I just don't see that uh, personally. But I think they're going to be a really exciting team to watch, and you know who knows where they could go. To be honest, um, and then Oi Core, which is quite far down considering they won the league in the last three years. But uh, the media have got them seventh. I've got them eighth. Yeah, now, Norshipping, we've talked quite a lot about them in, in recent episodes over the sunny over the winter. Plenty of change on and off the field there, that club. Um, you know, they, they always seem quite an exciting team to watch for me, but they've got, they've got a different manager now in charge. going to be probably different styles. You see them down there in fifth place. Is this going to be a year of transition for them? This is big transition. Um, real, real change, not just uh, in the playing squad, but also at boardroom level. Uh, they've been a team in crisis this uh this last sort of six months um people resigning left right and center i think the dinner lady i think even the dinner lady resigned you know the toilet cleaners resigned the, the chairman of the board has resigned you know the staff has res like people are resigning left right and center it's been a really um you know you laugh about it but it's actually been quite a quite a quite a, you know it sounds like quite a nasty place to work if i'm honest uh in terms of behind the scenes you know there's been a lot of rancor really uh, a lot of bad blood behind the scenes at north Shore, which is which is a real shame because I think they're a nice club and I, I've, you know, I think they, I thought they were going in, in the right direction for quite a while. And uh, I predicted them to win the league, I think. Was it last, if not last season and the year before? So, um, yeah, really, yeah, the year before it was, wasn't it? But, um, yeah, it's a shame to see how they've gone, but it's it's, a, it's real upheaval. Uh, they've brought in two new goalkeepers. Um, so they've got four goalkeepers, which is going to be a bit strange. They brought in um, Oscar Janssen, who won the goalkeeper of the season last year, of course, in Osvenskan. Uh, he's come from Oredbro on a free I'll be honest, Steve, I'm not I'm not convinced. Uh, I think it's a slight downgrade from Isaac Peterson, who's gone to Toulouse. Uh, I do like Janssen, but I think there are a few question marks still about him. I don't think he's... I think he's good level for Osvenskan, but I don't think he's top, top quality like uh, Peterson, who I, I think is above Osvenskan level. Um, 
They brought in a few others. Uh, Victor Aguardius is a sort of veteran. Um, but the main thing really, I mean, we'll talk about this squad in a, in a minute in terms of who they brought in. But the, the main thing really is the new manager. Of yeah. course, Ricard Norling. Yeah. Uh, he replaces Jens Gustafsson um, after, I say, you know, several club departures behind the scenes. But I think getting Norling in is a real step in the right direction. I think he's got a lot of pedigree, uh, very sort of good reputation in Sweden. He's, he's won the league. He's been there and done it. Um, and I think he will maybe settle things down a little bit. And that's why I've got them where I have. He's got a good reputation. And I can't deny that. But he's quite a boring manager, isn't he, with his approach? I mean, I used to turn off the AIK matches, I must say, sometimes. I just couldn't watch them. They, his, his sort of style. I mean, for those who, who are unaware of him, I mean, North Spring in the past, I always considered this sort of exciting, end-to-end, free-flowing team. That's going to be completely thrown out the window now, isn't it? Because Norling is known for his more defensive style. Well, he certainly was at... Uh... At Oikon, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he also won the league at Malmo in 2013. So, you know, he's he's got a long and and sort of a solid track record at Osvenskan level. He is a solid sort of 3-5-2 man, you know, 3-1-4-2 maybe. Um, you're right, Steve. He, he His managerial career is very sort of built on on, on being solid. Uh, definitely at Oikor anyway. Uh, you know, he, but he had a fantastic points per game ratio, 1.94 points per game. Uh, over 163 matches that is some record uh across four years so you know although he didn't do so well at brand he, he obviously managed brand back in the past and, and his points per game there was quite poor at osvenskan level he's looking at kind of he's at about sort of 1.9 points per game average over good like you know six seven years now with Malmo as well so he's a proven winner basically you know bottom line here is fifth might even be i think i think he'll need a season or two as he did at Malmo and as he did at uh, at Oikor to, to get things in place. But I don't think they could have got a better manager, to be honest, uh, to yeah. replace Gustafsson. Um, so he'll be a sort of 3-5-2 man. He'll look, to, he'll look to sort of be solid. I don't think it's going to be the case this season, Steve. I, I know you said that they might be boring. I don't think it'll be the case simply because I don't think their back, back line is going to be good enough. So I think they will lead goals. Um, you know, they lost a lot of big players. Philip Dargestal's gone. Lars Kruel Gerson's gone. Uh, Rasmus Larsson, obviously, he left uh, you know last year, but he for me was a he was the best player in the league uh, for for quite a while before he left. Um, knocked out Spurs in the Europa League recently with Zagreb now as well, so he's doing well. Um, they've brought in a few players like Lin- Linus Valkvist has come back and he'll be their sort of captain, I think now. So he he's a good sort of return home. Aguardius, like I mentioned, had a good season at Mialbi. He's a bit old now, thirty one, but he's got a solid track record. Um, they've brought in Marco Lunt, who's come from Odense. Um, regular player in Denmark, centre back. Uh, so I think, yeah, he'll be a solid three-five-two man. Big question marks, though. Steve will be around their midfield um, because Sead Haksabanovic is is one of the star names of this league. He's 21 now, ex West Ham, of course. He um, he was strongly linked with the move to New York Red Bulls, and I think there's a strong chance he won't um, see out the entire season there. I think he might be sold on. So does he stay? Does he not stay? If he doesn't, it's a big loss. He, I think he was the top assist provider in the league um, last season. And the other one, Steve, is Isaac Bergman Johansson. Now, we um, gave him a lot of airtime on the pod last season. And he um, he this week has been linked with a move to Wolves. Wolves are actually in negotiations uh, with their sporting director at North Shopping about signing him. If they lose him, it's a big blow because him and he's played a big part in their centre midfield in, in pre-season. It looks like Norling wants to play him in that sort of, you know, two-man midfield, maybe almost a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, and Bergman Johansson is kind of the guy, the guy who would be in that, 
in that midfield duo. So if he doesn't stay, um, then that would be a big loss in my opinion. He's a really, really top player. I really like him. Um, he's turned 18 now, but I think he's top. Um, he's going to probably play with Franston in, in that centre midfield. But they do have a young player called uh, Johannes Christian Bjarnason, who is his, uh, I think they're, they're cousins. So it's all a family affair in this league at the moment. And uh, he's a 16-year-old who maybe, who knows, he might be as, just as good. But um, yeah, and elsewhere, the other big name to talk about, by the way, just quickly, Samuel Adig Benro. He has moved from Norway to Sweden. And I'm very excited to see how he gets on the Nigerian in Osvenskan. He'll be a big player for North Shopping, I think. Yeah, well, we'll move on soon. But it just sounds to me like the the, the problem here might be, you know, a lack of consistency with the squad. There might be some players moving on mid-season. This this a new style to get used to. There's quite a few ins and outs already. It does feel like a year of transition to me. But you think their ceiling could be higher than some might think? I think it can be because they've still got Christopher Neiman as well. I, I like Ishak Abdul Razak, an 18-year-old. Um, who's looked okay in preseason. So, you know, they, that, that would be probably Adig Benro, Neiman, Abdul Razak could be the front three. There's goals, there's goals there if it is. Um, yeah, like I say, you know, in centre midfield, they've still got Jonathan Levi. Berg, uh, sorry, Bergman Hannison is very creative. Haxabandovich is very creative. So if Norling looks to sort of bring in a bit more defensive solidity and they've still got those attacking players, that they've they've got a lot of creativity in that side. Um, a lot will depend on how well they get the balance right between defence and midfield because I think in pre-season, for example, I saw them play Hacken uh, in the Swedish Cup and, you know, they played well in spells, but then at times the balance wasn't right, but, you know, in transitions and things like that. I think they did struggle in, in defensive transitions, for example, from attacking to defending. Um, and I think, you know, defence has a lot to improve on. I think there's a few players that could improve. There's a young player called Theodore Rask, who I think has, a, has a, maybe a bright future, 20-year-old. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, North Shopping, it, it won't, you know, if you'd have asked me this before they got Norling, I would have said, uh, you know, maybe 10th, you know, it, there was a period, there was a period of time where it looked like the whole house was falling apart. Um, but I think Norling coming in is, is just kind of like maybe a, the start of a new day for them. And, um, that's why I've got them fifth. So fifth place there, uh, you've got Hammerby in sixth, uh, another team from Stockholm, of course, had a great year, 2019, 65 points. They scored goals for fun. They, the goals kind of dried up last year. They they dropped well down to eighth place. But you see them kind of rebounding a little bit. Always a really tough side to work out for me. I can never seem to grasp the Hammerby too much. But uh, you see them down in six. What's, what have they got going for them this year? Well, they're in the Swedish Cup final. So congratulations to them. They beat Eurogarden in the semi-final. It was delayed because of COVID. Uh, Hammerby had a bit of a breakout of in, in the squad of COVID. So um, their games were delayed. But they, they managed to see off Trelleborg very, very narrowly. And then uh, they've also beaten their big rivals, Jurgen. So they will meet Hacken in the cup final, which will be a great final, by the way. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be end-to-end stuff. Um, you, you're right. Very hard to predict. Every year there's big, big changes. I sometimes think when I look at Hammerby, they're, um, I sometimes think their recruitment team maybe are a little bit hyperactive. You know, I think maybe they, maybe they have a bit too much sugar in their diet. Um, because uh, <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost like you know, it's almost like they have too many jelly babies. And every, too many Red Bulls. Yeah, too many jelly babies, and every season there's just activity everywhere. Players coming in, players going. Um, you remember Steve, the player who uh, Odilon Kosanu, who was there for about five games, I think, and left. There could be another case of that this season. They've got another player that we'll talk about in part two, um, who could be similar uh, at the back, who looks very, very promising. Um, yeah, always very active. 
Um, the big name probably coming in is David Akam. Uh, you'll know him from MLS. He's fast he's, as anything. He's yeah. so quick. Yeah. Play for Nashville. He's on loan. Um, getting on a bit now. He's 30, but uh, he's he's probably the, the sort of star name anyway. Um, but there's a few others to look out for. Imar Share is a, is, a, is a midfield player, 18, who, who, who people talk about. Darian Bojanic is, you know, statistically one of the best passers in the league for many years now, this guy. Um, will he stay? If he stays, then it's a great, great news for them. And the other big name, really, Astrid Selmani from uh, Varbuk Boys. He's 24. Uh, he was one of the top scorers in the league, I think fourth top scorer. Um, big, big, big sort of reputation about him. He did really well at Varberg. Um, and he chose Hammerby out of everyone. Malmo wanted him, but he, he chose Hammerby. 15 goals, six assists in 27 games. Um, in the year before that, sorry, when they got promoted. And then this season as well, he, uh, sorry, the season just gone, he was, you know, continued that sort of strong record. So, yeah, big things expected of him. Ludvigsen as well, very creative, uh, joint sort of top assist provider in the league last season. And another name to look out for, Akun Kim Miamu. Now, he was in my tent to watch last season, which is a real shame because he, he's, uh, I can't select him again, unfortunately. But uh, he didn't play much last season, but this season he looks absolutely quality. Um, when I say he looks Messi-esque, I know that it's being a bit strong, but his, his, his sort of fleet of foot, his low centre of gravity, his left-footed dribbling, um, cutting in onto his left foot and sort of scoring some quality goals, it is a little bit Messi-esque in that way. Now, don't get me wrong, he's not going to have the same career as Messi, but... Um, he looks really, really good in preseason. So, yeah, three big forwards there to sort of uh, play off. But um, I think, I, I still think defensively, Billborn, Stefan Billborn just doesn't have, uh, they're always leaked too many goals for me. So that's always going to be their downfall. Yeah, are they still this sort of free scoring, attacking, attack minded team then who really go for it, Hammerby? Are you expecting that to, to continue? Uh, in a word, yes. Billborn Bill, Bill is an attacking manager. Yeah. Um, and I think that's not, I think that's going to continue. They've lost a few players at the back. Um, the players they've brought in, you know, the big name probably is uh, John Goodney Fjolleson. He he was at Brann and he's played 90 games in the past for, in Osvenskan. They've got Mohamed Aziz Watara, who we'll talk about in part two. Now, he's one I'm, I'm really excited to, to watch. Um, but yeah, it, they will be an attacking team, Steve, and um, I think it'll always be over 2.5 probably with them. Um This is kind of a general point, actually. That they Their home record completely collapsed last year compared to 2019. What's the situation with fans, do you think, for our Svenskin this year? Are we in a situation where we really can't expect really anyone again throughout the whole year, do you think? And and these clubs like Hammerby, the Stockholm clubs were really affected, in my opinion, by the lack of fans. Is that going to continue again? Um, there's been talks that they will have a pilot in April, um, you know, maybe beginning of May. Um, but there's a lot of kind of, um, in Sweden, you know, you know, they obviously didn't have lockdowns. And that was quite famous, isn't it, around the world, really. They've yeah. been kind of pointed to them as a model. Didn't really work out in the end scientifically, but I won't get into the politics of all that. Um, you know, compared to Norway, for example, they, they had way more cases. And it, 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 in the end, it kind of failed, really, that, that, that policy, to be honest. And I think they even the health minister admitted that it was a bit of a failure. But um, so basically what I'm trying to say is that, that there's still a big debate about it. They, they, they haven't really... I don't think they're really clear on their policies. They have announced some things. I've seen some things in the media, like they will try and, you know, have pilots and things like that. But it's really up in the air, in my opinion. Um, you know, Hammerby, for example, had the COVID, had, had, you know, they had to pause their cup games because of COVID. So it's still something that exists. It's still a, a problem. Um, I think we could maybe expect to see fans in the second half of the season or, or as things go along. But 
it's very hard to predict at this moment in time. You know, I, I would just be guessing if I if I gave yeah, it. It's very hard. It's very hard, isn't it? So anyway, you've got Hammerby. You're predicting them in sixth place, seventh seventh place. You are having IFK Jotteborg, um the defending Swedish Cup champions. Of course, they won't be for much longer, will they? But uh, they did win the Swedish Cup last year. Have there been any interesting transfer dealings at IFK in during the winter? Well, I think you know the answer to that, Steve. Uh, so, uh, nicely, nicely set up there. Uh, very nicely teed up. Yes. Um, well, where else to start? But arguably the biggest transfer in Swedish football history, uh, at least for the last decade, uh, maybe 20 years. And that is the signing of Marek Hamzik. Now, uh, I think I'm right in saying that, you know, the, the, the sales of, you know, season tickets and shirts and stuff at the year for Yotabur club shops have multiplied tenfold pretty much since he joined um he is a veteran now he's 33 but uh yeah this is a huge huge signing it, it made shockwaves around the world really people i saw who don't have any interest in swedish football were sort of tweeting about it and getting really excited um napoli legend 500 plus games for napoli 121 goals 100 assists uh broke maradona's record so a real legend of uh, a sort of uh, napoli football uh and he has rocked up at ef core which is like i say said at the time it's quite incredible uh really and yeah he's not the only one you know they, it's, it's it's almost like um it's almost like kind of like a veterans it's almost like a veterans return sort of thing like a veterans ball you know they've brought a lot of you know big names EF Core. um they're going to be bringing back um uh, quite a few players uh who are going to come in and, and join at the end of the season joining the middle of the season sorry uh marcus berg is one of them um, they've got Pontus Vlambloom who's come back. You know, he he came back in summer 2020. Uh, they've brought Simon Turn. He's a big name. He, obviously, he was at, uh, at North Shopping in the past. Um, he spoke for here and been. Sebastian Eriksson came back. He 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 was sold to Genoa in January 2020. In August 2020, he was back. So that was another case of sort of, uh, you know, you're out and then you're back quite quickly. Um, but they've got a lot of big names here. You know, Jakob Johansson as well. He's back at EF Core. He was at Wren. Um so yeah, it's, it's really like a veterans returning gig here. Everybody wants a piece of the piece of the pie, and um, there's still other talks. You know, Oscar Vent is apparently rumored to be coming back uh, or coming back to Sweden. So yeah, it's really um, a lot going on at EFC, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like I mean, if you like your sort of older boys, you know, this is the team for you to support. You know, this is not a, a club really at the minute. It seems like there's not as many youngsters around as perhaps they normally would be. But uh, this is a club that's fallen on, on difficult times in, in recent years. Yes, they won the Swedish Cup last year, but in terms of the actual Asvenskan League, they've fired to deceive an awful lot, haven't they? And yeah, we, in the second half of the of the episode, we're probably going to talk about Marek Hamsik a little bit more, but what what are the tools of, of IFK Gothenburg got to work with here? They, they finished very disappointing position last year, didn't they? As low as 13th. You've got them uh, in seventh, so you feel like they can get themselves comfortably back into the top half? Yeah, I mean, people have sort of got carried away with Hamzik and said, oh, they're going to challenge for the title and all this sort of thing. And obviously, you know, Marcus Berg and people like that, these these are like big legends of of, of, of Svenskan, to be honest, that they're bringing in. You know, Pontus Wernberg, these are big players. Uh, Swedish internationals, you know, been there and done it, won things abroad. So I can I can understand why people are getting really excited, but... If there's one thing I've learned with these sort of projects, Steve, in football, it's there's always always t- takes time to gel, and you sometimes these big names can always they're flattered to deceive. 
Um, the, the thing that worries me a little bit with EF Core is like for the last few seasons, they've had a club direction of sort of trying to integrate young players. You know, they had a whole new sort of revolutionary policy where they said, you know, we're going to integrate as many academy talents as we can and that'll be our main focus. And they've almost brought in so many big names now, Hamzik 33, Vernbloom 34, you know, Ericsson 32, uh, Jakob Johansson 30, Tobias Sun is now 31. Obviously, he's he's been there for a while. Kolbein Sigtorsen joins from Core. He's 31. It's almost like where are the young players now going to fit in? Because you've got players like August Erlingmark, um, Paka Lagermir, who's still only 24. Um, they've brought Kevin Jakob in from Hacken, which is a big signing as well. I think he's only 20. But you've got those young players, and it's kind of like, well, where are they going to fit in now? You know, it's, it's, so, you know, they've got a new manager, obviously. I know um, the manager left. And they brought in Roland Nielsen, former Coventry player. He's won the league in the past with Malmo. Uh, and of course, he was Swedish under-21s coach for, for a time. He's a good manager, sort of a calm, calming figure, maybe like a Roy Hodgson type figure, I think, if that makes sense. Um, so it's a real change of direction quite quickly. And I think that's my question here. You know, what, how is it all going to play out? And I, I don't think, in my experience, these things just immediately gel and they win the league. You know, Hamzik's been injured for quite a lot in, in pre-season, so already... You know, they haven't had that chance to really work with him properly. Um, he's a doubt for the season opener. And, you know, there's just so much recruitment going on here that, you know, even Alassan Yusuf, now we've talked about him a lot in the past. I've written about him for Scout. He's still only 20 years old. So where's he going to fit into this midfield? You know, you've got Vern Bloom, Hamzik, Eriksson, Jakob Johansson, Gustav Norlin, they signed from Verberg Boys, August Ellingmark. Uh, all of them can play in the midfield. So where does that put someone like Yusuf, does that mean they're going to sell him? Um, maybe they take the money and cash in. Um, they've almost gone from a team with no money to suddenly just splashing out the cash. And it's been pretty good recruitment, I'll be honest. They haven't really, you know, um, gone overboard. The Hamzik deal actually financially isn't isn't too stretching for them. But it is a very rapid change of direction for them. And I think that's going to take some time to sort of play out. Yeah. Um, but one, one thing for sure, Steve, watching Marek Hamzik in, in uh, Osvenskan is going to be a treat. It's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it, for sure? So you've got them predicted seventh in eighth. We've got AIK, who uh, won the league uh, back in 2018, of course. Feels like since then they've sort of been declining a little bit, maybe in the same sort of bracket as IFK Gothenburg, in that they're sort of they're trying to rebound after a fairly poor season. I mean, just a brief look at their transfers here. It seems there's a lot more outs than ins, Jonathan. Are they kind of getting rid of some of the, the bad stuff? Yeah, you've been uh, been quite kind there, really. I think, um, yeah, getting rid of some of the bad stuff indeed is, is maybe the way to say it. Um, it's it's a lot of change there. Obviously, you know, last season was a disaster for them. They they weren't they weren't. It feels strange to say it now, but they were near the relegation zone at one point in the season, and there was genuine genuine thoughts that they could maybe go down, which would have been unthinkable. And uh, but you know, it was it was a re it was realistic for for a certain period of time. Um, until they obviously changed the manager and, and you know changed their whole philosophy, um, and you know things kind of gradually picked up. Bartos Greslak came in uh, and sort of steadied the ship. This season, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of changes, a lot of outs. You know, if I'm looking at my my spreadsheet, there's a lot of grey there. People moving on. Um, one or two of them, I'm not too sure about. Robin Tihi, who I thought was exceptional in the brief performances he had last season, the 19-year-old, he's been loaned out to AFC Eskilstuna. Um, which is a shame because I, I really liked him uh, as a centre-back. I, I was looking forward to watching him. They brought back Alexander Milosevic from Nottingham Forest. Of course, he played in the past and, and also played in uh, in Denmark. He won the league. 
with Oikoi's 29. So, you know, they're bringing back a bit of experience there. Um, Eric Ortenio is now probably fit, hopefully, the left back, so he can come in maybe. Um, they've got a few experienced names there. But, yes, Seb, Seb Larson's still going strong at 35. But, you know, people like Enoch Coffee do have been allowed to leave. Uh, Herardi Rashidi's gone. And they've got young players like Tom Stranagar, Bilal Hussein, Saka Latupa. But it's, it's, it's one of those squads where it's like a lot of experience and a lot of youth. And it's just how does that all blend together? I think the balance isn't quite there. One player I'm really excited about is Stefanelli. He's back. Um, uh, he's back, you know, at Oiko again. I think he's got unfinished business. Uh, and they've also brought a young, uh, sorry, uh, they've also brought a young player called Bojan Radulovic up front. Now, he was at Brighton and Hove Albion. And, you know, he, he had a big reputation when he went to Brighton, um, you know, on a free transfer, joined their under-23s, but he never he's never really made it in the first team and he's come back to Sweden. Oh, sorry, he's come back. He's, he's moved to Sweden now, basically. He's a Serbian. Um, so he's moved to Elikor and he'll look to get some game time and, and, and you know, start his career, really. But, um, yeah, I think I think I'm pretty comfortable having them where I have them. I think there's going to be a, a season of transition for Elikor. Obviously, they've moved on from the Ricard Norling era now. What sort of side are they in terms of tactics and on the eye? Are they worth watching a little bit more for entertainment these days, Jordan? Uh, they're OK. You know, Grizzlak came in and, you know, they were a little bit more solid. He, he tried to, you know, remember they remember Norlin got sacked because he was trying to bring in this whole new game model. Uh, he was trying to go for this sort of really fast-paced kind of Klopp-style entertaining uh, brand of football. He wanted to revolutionise the team from that sort of um, boring reputation that he had. And, and it went really badly wrong, didn't it? There was one game where they got beaten, I think, 4-1 by North Shopping. They got absolutely ripped apart and um, kind of went downhill from there, really. And, and they lost confidence. The young players lost confidence and the whole project fell apart. Grizzlak came in, he went back to a more sort of stable formation, um, a bit more of a traditional lineup. He brought in a few players that, of his own that he could you know, rely on. Philip Rogic came in um, for one. He had a decent half season, um, sort of steadied the ship. Um, they brought in Sotiris Pabigianopoulos as well from uh, Ostersunds. Well, he used to play for Ostersunds, of course, won the cup there with Ostersunds. So they brought in one or two names just to sort of tidy things up a bit. Um, they brought Mikhail Lustig as well, you know, the Celtic veteran. Um, so I think they'll continue along those lines. I don't think they'll try anything too extraordinary. I think they'll try and just be solid. But uh, yeah, I think... They're a team in transition, in my opinion. They've got a lot of young talent to come through, but it's like, who who does he trust and who doesn't he trust? And we'll see how that goes as, as the season plays out. Yeah, eighth place, eighth, eighth place predicted finish from uh, for you there from AIK. Uh, um, that's that's it. That's the halfway section of this podcast. It's been an epic one so far, hasn't it? It really has. I think we've done really have done those uh, top eight sides in the prediction. It's a plenty of justice here. But yeah, do join us after the break where we're going to be talking about the teams that Jonathan's predicting the bottom half of the table and also his 10 to watch. So uh, yeah, we'll catch you again very soon. Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss. I'm with Jonathan for Dugwit. This is the Swedish Alsvenskan season preview. Before we move and talk about the teams in the bottom half and also Jonathan's 10 to watch, um, just want to talk about something that we're going to be doing on Twitter soon. It's a little um, little competition we've got going with uh, team logos in the Alsvenskan. We were kind of, I was messing around with a bit of artwork and Jonathan was like, oh, there's some nice logos in this league. I wonder what's the best one. 
So we're going to have a sort of a, a knockout competition where uh, teams are against each other in terms of their logos. And you guys are going to vote on Twitter, which is the, and we're going to end up with the best logo in the house of anything. So it'd be interesting to see which team wins that one. Have you got an early favourite, uh, Jonathan? Good question. Uh, I'm not sure. I have to think about that, but I'm going to say just say Calma. I don't oh. know if quite like the red and white. So. If in doubt, go Kalmar. So, yeah, keep your eye on for Twitter for that. It's going to be a very interesting little uh, competition going on. So, um, yeah, let's go back to this Aspenskan season preview then. Um, in, in, let's go on the mid-table teams now. Ninth to 12th, go us through uh, what teams you've got in those positions predicted. Okay. So, we've got a top eight. Obviously, Malmo, Hacken, Jurgarden, Elsborg, Noor Shopping, Hammerby, EFK, Oiko. Ninth, I'm going for Kalmar. So, maybe it's just because I had them in my mind and um, I picked them there. So ninth, I've got Kalmar. Tenth, I've got Odebro. Eleventh, I've got Ecos Sirius. And twelfth, I've got Viaboy Boys. Yeah, and there's a few teams there. We've actually had interviews with uh, managers um, and, and players at Odebro Sirius. So check back on sort of our past episode there. Now, um, yeah, this mid-table battle, you got Viaboy down in twelfth this year. They actually came up, didn't they, uh, in the previous campaign? They uh, they did all right. They did all right about themselves. They at one point, I was very worried about them, wasn't I, if you remember correctly? But, um, I mean, you think they, they were 11th last year. You think they can keep their head above water? Just briefly, Barberg, what's what's to like about them? Yeah, and it's one of those ones where the, the media have actually predicted them to be relegated. So I'm a bit out of, uh, um, you know, a bit out of sync there. I'm, I'm, I'm going for uh, I'm going for them to be a little bit higher. Uh, I could be wrong. So, you know, I, I think by no means will I be correct, but... There's been a lot of upheaval in the squad, big squad upheaval, key players of leaving. Gustav Norlin had a really good season and he's gone to EF Core. He's one of those players I mentioned amongst the many names there. Um, they lost Elmani as well. Obviously, I mentioned he's gone to Hammerby. Uh, I liked Junas Barney. You know, I thought he was a little bit undervalued there and he's, he's gone to Cyprus. Um, he's getting on a bit now, but um, I thought they could have maybe tried and retained him. Uh, so a lot is going to depend on how the replacements adapt. They've had a lot, a lot of players come in. Um, a lot of replacements. They've got players like Simovic who could come in and I think it will depend how they adapt. But two things with Vibo, they've always got some quite good young talents. Um, you know, last season, they kind of were written off again last season and, and, and actually a lot of the young players showed themselves uh, and did well. And the other area that just makes me think that they might have something about them is the manager. I, I do quite like Joachim Pearson. Now, I don't know if it's just because he looks exactly like Jurgen Klopp. I mean, exactly like him. Um, you know, spitting image doesn't have anything on these two, but uh, he's, he's an intriguing manager for me, and I think they've got some interesting recruitment strategies. And so, I just I'm, I'm sort of giving them the benefit of the doubt in terms of their recruitment. Uh, there's a lot of players I don't know much about, uh, like I say, Robin Simovic joins from Odd. You, you might know about him, Steve. He's uh, he's supposed to be the big name, big lad, big lad, Silmani replacement, uh, 78 goals in 887 games. He's also played in Japan mainly. Um, They've got a player from Canada, Simon Carson and Jay. So I'll be honest, I'm probably the more I talk about this squad, I might actually start rethinking these things. But uh, no, listen, I'll list off a few reasons, a few players I think could be important for them. I think John Burkfeld, Joachim Lindner will be important at the back. Uh, I think I I do like um, Albin Moorfelt. I think he's got a, a bit of a reputation about him meant to be highly rated. He could break through the season in midfield. Keenan Ayer, I think he's a decent player, had a decent season. Uh, and Adama Fafana, now he he was linked with a move to Noor Shopping, uh, the left midfielder, also plays left back. 
I really liked him and uh, he's not he turned down North Shipping actually couldn't agree terms so he's a decent player so I, like I say I'm leaning towards just the fact that they're they they have been quite good in their recruitment in the last few years so we'll see where it goes yeah and you've got Sirius down there predicted in the 11th and um they're a funny team, aren't they? Every year they have periods where you kind of think they're going to be in trouble, and then they always have like these kind of crazily good periods where they string together like three wins in five or something, or four wins in six, and it's enough to always keep, keep kind of keep them afloat. You say you predict them eleventh this year, similarish to the media, maybe a little bit better. Um, you see them kind of staying very similar to where they were. Yeah, it'll be a completely new look side. They've lost their big manager Henrik Riesdrum. He did fantastically well, and he's left. Um, if you remember rightly, Steve, we had their sort of style forward, Mohamed Saeed, on the podcast last season. You can go back on iTunes and listen to that. And as soon as we had him on the show, they tanked. I mean, they talked about Europe in that. We talked about Europe in that podcast. And they fell all the way down to uh, to 10th, which was really quite... Now, when I look at the table, I'm like, really? They finished 10th? Um, bit of a shock. It, it, it kind of almost underachieved, uh, considering how good they were. They were really nice to watch. And a nice blend of football, and it all kind of fell apart. Um, they've lost some key players this year. They've lost Vecchia. Uh, Ekdal has gone to, obviously, as I mentioned, he's gone to Jurgarden, who I think they'll miss, Elias Anderson as well. Um, but they have got some interesting new signings. So I think the media's got them kind of a bit, you know, a bit lower. Uh, I'm happy to have them where I've got them. I think, you know, I, I don't think they'll pull up too many trees. Uh, so I think 11th is, is about right, uh, last season 10th. Um, like I say, I think that is partly just because they've lost some players that I think they'll miss. Uh, and they've also got a new manager who doesn't have much of a track record, Daniel Backstrom. Now, I don't know much about him, if I'm honest. I know that he um, he's sort of come in. He's been assistant manager at Malmo uh, and that kind of thing. He's He's, he's been Odebro and that kind of stuff. So I don't think he's got a huge managerial track record in his own right. Uh, and that's always a bit of a risk. So, But he's meant to be highly rated. People talk like, you know, I think he was very sort of hotly hotly mentioned, you know, as a, as a sort of upcoming coach. So we'll see. Um, one or two players to look out for. I think Christian Kouaku will be an important player. Uh, they brought him in from EFK Yotteborg. Uh, Ekin Bullet has come from the third division. He's got a good track record the last two seasons. Uh, Vasalunz, who have produced a lot of players who are in Osvenskan this season, by the way. Um, Marcus Matisson comes in from Falkenberg. I thought he was a really good player. Um, too good for Falkenberg, in my opinion. They've got relegated. They've picked him up on a free, and I think that's a good signing. Uh, they've got one or two others. They've signed one of Degafor's players, Jacob Ortmark, who, who did quite well. Um, so yeah, I think you know at the back as well, it's going to be very important. They've got two new players at the back Patrick Enwadike, uh, joins from Varberg Boys. He had a good season, uh, helped them get promoted, and now he's moved up two divisions. And Joseph Colley now, Colley is an interesting one because he uh, was at Chelsea's Academy, uh, but he's actually never played a game of senior football. Steve, uh, he's 21, he's 21 years old, been at Chelsea Academy, been at Kievo, uh, and has never actually played a senior league match he's played in the EFL trophy uh he was at Brother Boykin again moved to Chelsea's academy and it's just never come through so this is going to be you know although he's got a big reputation this is actually going to be his first ever proper season uh so we'll see how he gets on uh they've still got Brian Strom Bjorkstrom and Carl Larson at the back and they've also signed David Mitov Nielsen um former North Shopping goalkeeper who has a big reputation uh so he'll compete for the sort of goalkeeper slot so really they've got one or two players that I like like I say Matisse and um Bullock, I think, could have a good season. They've still got Yukiya Sugita, who did so well last year. But all in all, it's a bit of a question mark there. So that's why I've got them where they are. Mitoff Nielsen actually impressed me at Sarsborg last year. He's especially good 
in one-on-one duels uh, as a goalkeeper. So he's, he's one to watch out for, I'd say, there. Um, tenth place, you've predicted an Orobro. Now, there is actually a player we're going to talk about later on from them in the uh, ten to watch. But, uh, yeah, they were very respectable last season, weren't they? Seventh place, you're having them dropping down a little bit, but perhaps understandable with some bigger teams likely to overtake them. Um, should be set for a fairly comfortable mid-season campaign for Orobro. Yeah, I think you, you know, they almost, I think in some of the season previews, I saw they were described as boring. You, you almost know what you're going to get with um, with them. I think I think I predicted them ninth last season as well. So I always sort of have them around there. They do, they tend to do slightly better than I, I think they'll do. Um, but it won't be very, too much excite, too much excitement. Uh, we've had Axel Kjell on the podcast before and he sort of talked about how the budget means they can't do too much. They have to be very creative. You know, they have to sort of um, pick up players who are young and then try and sell them on. Uh, balance the books they've had some problems i think financially this season in particular uh, trying to sort of balance things up uh yeah so you know last season they finished seventh they could could easily finish seventh again maybe they're always around that sort of seventh to tenth i've gone for tenth just because i think some of their players aren't great you know that they've signed um i don't think they've really there's nothing there's no one i've really nothing really stands out to me i'd say probably uh they haven't lost many key players um, Oscar Janssen, Oscar Janssen has gone, sorry, and they've brought in a, a young player called, uh, they've sort of really brought in a, a player who used to play in France, sorry, called Bobby Anna. Don't know if you know him. Um, he played in Nancy, I think, as well. Um, but they've brought in one or two players who will probably steady the ship, um, experienced names. Uh, Kevin Walker comes in from, from your garden, uh, and also Dennis Hummett. I think this could be a year for Dennis Hummett to, to really break through. Uh, he, he was loaned to them last season, scored a hat trick on his first game against North Shopping. Uh, and I think he, this could be the year for him really he's 24 now and this could be the year that he really kicks on and makes a real name for himself because i've always thought he had a little bit about him uh so whom it will probably be competing up front they've also brought in rasmus kajalainen i'm not massively i'm a big fan of eric bjorndal he didn't do well last season three goals in 28 games it was a poor for him so i'm not sure they have the top striker so a lot will depend on whom uh walker will provide some solidity jake larson's got a lot to prove he was in our 10 to watch last year i believe and really went off the boil. You know, he scored two goals and one assist in 22 games. Um, before that, he'd been linked with Genoa. And, you know, we had Axel Kjell on the podcast talking about his mentality and what good player he thought he was. But uh, he'll need to sort of step up again. But the problem with them, Steve, they've lost Nahir Basara, who was really, really, really important for them. Huge player for them last season. Um, he's always been good for them. And he's gone to, I think, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Romain Gaul's come in. So, you know, he's sort of out, out of favour at Malmo. So maybe he can do something. Uh, they've got Alfred Adjdarevich. They've brought in a young player called Taha Abdi Ali, who uh, is meant to be very exciting. Axel Kjell says he's got really exciting offensive qualities. He's got 10 goals and five assists in 29 games for Solentuna in, again, the third division. A lot of third division recruitment here, isn't it, Steve? Um, so, uh, and then one young player to watch out for is Dennis Kolander, who's an 18-year-old centre mid who who is meant to be very highly rated. But uh, all in all, I think... Yeah, I've got Siri. I've got Oribor in tenth. It could easily be anywhere between seventh and tenth, in my opinion. And as Jonathan mentioned, there we did have uh, actual Kiel on the podcast uh, for an interview uh, before. Go and search back on our archives, and uh, it was a good listen. So, um, I mean, I wasn't, I was not surprised by the three teams you just talked about there in terms of predictions, but I certainly did raise an eyebrow seeing that you predicted Kalmar in ninth. I mean, this is the team that has, in the last few years, always been hovering around relegation. 14th spot always seems to be theirs, doesn't it? They own that sort of playoff position before then, just a little bit before. You see them jumping up 
into ninth spot. Now, what makes you believe that they can really snap out of their funk this season? Yeah, and I could be very wrong here, to be honest. You know, um, firstly, shout out to Wesson at Wesson, one of our, uh, our top sort of celebrity Calmar fans. You know, we've had him on, you know, he's always been a really great contributor. So if you're listening to this, uh, Mr. Wesson, uh, it's great to sort of have you again for another year. So I'm interested to hear what you think of our, our, our prediction. Uh, last season, 14th, media prediction, 14th. So everyone thinks they're going to be in the uh, relegation playoff. But I, I've got them higher this season, and I'm going to explain why, Steve. Um, first thing to note is they've had a huge player turnover in the last year. 18 players have left and 20 players have come in. Always big turnover at Kalmar. Um, but this time, instead of their random Brazilians and, and just very odd transfers where I have no clue what on earth they're doing, I actually think that they've made one or two smart moves this year um, and with some experienced names that have come in and, and their recruitment is maybe just showing signs of moving in, in the right direction. Now they've got, uh, I think it's Petter Suad who's come in and he's doing some recruitment for them. Now that might explain some of the some of the sort of changes they've made um, because there are one or two names here that I, I, I think could, could do all right. Um, they've brought Lars Satra in. I don't know much about him. He was at Tromso. So you may know about him. He's played 48 games for Hamby. He's a centre-back. Uh, Lucas Rosa is a young player who's come from the third division again. Uh, Rasmus Josted was um, in Israel and he's also returned to Kalmar. He was there as a youngster. He's 29. But really, um, some of the signings that I, I quite like, Jonathan Ring comes in. Now, he used to he used to be at Kalmar, um, but he was obviously at Ewer Garden. Um, and I think he, at 29 years old, that's a good move for him. I think he he's he still got a bit to offer but maybe not quite at your garden level anymore. So I think that's a smart pickup. Um, obviously, they've lost Fanta Ingelsen, who was a really good player. But there's one or two names here that, I, you know, I think Zach Makidis was quite decent last season in spells. Um, Piotr Johansson was okay. Uh, Oliver Berg has come in. Now, he's 27-year-old centre midfielder. He played for Odd. And um, he also played for Gisundsfeld. And he got nine goals, six assists in 30 games last season uh, in the Super Retin. And now he's moved to Kalmar, which I think is a potentially an interesting move. Uh, again, he's a bit more experienced, 27. And and then the, the real big reason that I've got them a bit higher, Steve, is the manager. Uh, it's the return of Henrik Riedstrom, club legend. He's back from Sirius, of course, where he moved, you know, and he, he spent, I think, 30 years roughly at the club. Uh, it was always going to happen. He was always going to end up at Kalmar as manager, to be honest. And once it was announced that he was not going to renew his contract at Sirius, you kind of knew where he was probably going to end up. He's moved to Kalmar, and so I get the feeling we could be looking at a new Kalmar this season. You know, Riesstrom really created a reputation for himself last season with his really sort of attractive 4-3-3 style of football at Sirius, really sort of fluid play, um, playing through the lines, through the thirds, fluid sort of style of play on the ball, you know, building from the back, um, nice sort of passing defenders. Um, and the forward line, you know, they had a nice forward three who were very interchangeable, uh, really played some good stuff at Sirius, and I think he'll try and integrate that now at Kalmar. And I think he's a decent manager, actually. So I just feel that the Riesdrom effect potentially is what's going to lift them a little bit higher. So that's why I've got them higher. There will be question marks about whether the squad is good enough. Um, but there's one or two other players that I quite like. Now, I mentioned Noah Shamoon. They've signed him from Asiriska uh, in the third tier again. He turned down Palmer uh, in Syria. Now, he's meant to be very, very exciting. Um, Jorgen Pettersson, their sports director, said he's a very exciting young player. Uh, he was very good 1v1. Isaac Janssen, he was one of my 10 to watch last season, didn't really do much, to be honest. 
uh, to justify that. But he, at 19 years old, now he's got another year of experience. Uh, so I think he's, uh, you know, he was he trained at Spurs when he was younger in 2017, um, and he's highly rated. So that's another year of his development. So all in all, I mean, they've only got I think one Brazilian now, Steve, which is uh, Romario. So it's goodbye to sort of Jar Jar and Rafinha and you know Hiago and all the others of the past, which is a, maybe a little bit sad. <laughs> no more Nixons and stuff like that. But uh, the other player they still got is Niels Froling up front, who's uh, you know he turned down North Shopping as well, and he's been linked with AZ Alkmaar in the past. So I think there's one or two exciting signs there for Kalmar, and uh, maybe they can expect a slightly better season than in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like the penny's probably finally dropped. I mean, these these clubs that have enough warning signs that they're you know they're going to eventually go, they either eventually go down or something kind of kicks them into action and they they, they do improve. And it sounds like maybe the latter there has happened with Kalmar, and you see them comfortably there in ninth place. You don't personally see them in this relegation battle. We are going to talk now about the the relegation battle and. Um, your predicted positions. I'll go through them now at the bottom. There you go. In uh, Oshersons in thirteenth. Let's let's not name the two relegated, or maybe it actually will be obvious, won't it? Yeah, Amstrad fourteenth. <laughs> Mialbe fifteenth. Take a four sixteenth. I'm going to come back to Oshersons later because it seems the media are writing them off completely. You're not. I'm going to be interested to find out why. We'll come to them later. The one that does interest me is Mialbe. You have them in fifteenth. Now you were full of praise from Mialbe last season a lot. I do know that, and they. I mean, probably overachieved in fifth, but this is a significant drop down. I like that you put your neck on the line here, Jonathan. Perhaps against the grain, um, but I'm very interested to hear what what you think the problems are going to be for Mialbi this season. Yeah, we've always been sort of straight down the line, man, haven't you? Not not one for suspense, you know. Just get get it in the mix. I know, I don't. I know. <laughs> yeah. announce, announce it all straight away, which is fair enough. So, um, you know, that's that's fair enough. You know, straight in there, um, Mialbi. Yes, I think their recruitment has been very strange. Uh, number one, I, I'm not a big fan of some of the players that I see there. I, I, I don't see big names. I could be wrong, but I don't see many players that I know or really think have too much pedigree. Again, like I said, could be completely wrong. Big change of manager. Uh, Marcus Lance refused to renew his contract. He did incredibly well last season. Getting to, to be honest, I have to almost rub my eyes and, and look at the screen again to see that they finished fifth. It's unbelievable yeah. nice for them to finish fifth in their first season. Um, you know, we all talked about serious, but really Mialbi were the stars at the end of the day. Uh, you know, finishing above North Shopping, finishing above Oikor, Hammerby, AIK, um, sorry, EF Core, sorry. That's exceptional, really. And Lance, I, I'm surprised he's not got another job. I, I mean, I don't know why he's not been picked up by someone else in this league, but uh, yeah, he's he's just kicking his heels. I don't know why he didn't renew his deal. He They wanted to go in different directions. I think there was a rumour that Lance wasn't happy with the potential recruitment at Mialbi. So maybe that plays into what they've done in the window. Um, and again, like I say, I could be wrong, but uh, media's predicted them 10th. But I just look at the other teams and I think when you get newly promoted sides, they have a bit of a newly promoted bounce maybe, um, which is why I've got Halmstad just about getting their neck out of it. Degafors could do much better than I've predicted. I, I'm a little bit unsure about Degafors, but I just think they've got quite a, a weak squad. Um, but really with Mialbi, it's just... The new manager, Christian, I, I don't know much about. You know, again, he's sort of been an assistant manager and that kind of thing. Um, so he could come in and be a superstar and, and, and sort of I could be, you know, eating humble pie. He's 38 years old. He's played for Malmo and, and Helsingborg as a player. Again, he was wanted by Malmo as an assistant and he's supposedly highly rated. But Lance did so well, Steve, that it's just I see a, I see a big drop. Uh, do you, do you yeah. see this sort of 
like a Sheffield United syndrome this year, second season syndrome. I mean, I see one big problem already. Moses Ogbu scored 14 goals from last season. He's moved on to China. Can they can they find someone to replicate them goals? Well, exactly. That's that's the first question. Uh, I think they do have goals in them in Jacob Bergstrom. He's a player I like. He was in my fantasy team for a while. Uh, didn't do too much, but he's a player at 25. I think he's probably one of the strongest players in the league. I mean, he's like an ox, to be honest. Uh, really sort of strong target man type player. I think he's a He's a player who I could see going on. Actually, I could see him getting picked up in the end by a, you know, like a Hammerby or a, or a, or an EF Core or someone like that in the future, or you call maybe because he's a good target man. He's a good in the air, uh, strong player. Um, he does get goals, so I do think they have potentially a striker who can do something. But he's not massively prolific. He's more of a tar- he's more he's more sort of a hold up player who people play off. Um, there's going to be a lot of people relying on him. They've brought in Enoch Kofi Adu from Oikor, but I'll be honest, Steve, in, in the games I saw last season from Enoch Kofi Adu, he's a, he's a legendary player. He's won the league. He's done really, really well in his, in his career, but he was shocking. Um, and I wasn't surprised that Oikor let him go, to be honest. And I think at 30, he will bring valuable experience, but sometimes I wonder about those sort of players. Is, are, are they on their way down? And, um, you know, he'll have a bit to prove, in my opinion. And elsewhere, just look at just look at the recruitment. You know, you mentioned they've lost Ogbu. They've lost David Batanero. They've lost Bursad Savovic, who was really good, I thought. Uh, he's gone to Turkey for about 200k. Um, so they've lost a lot of players that I looked at and thought they're, they're decent. Uh, you know, they lost Tamimi Cyberg, who, who's moved to Gifsonsvall. He wasn't necessarily great, but Mohanad Jayiz, who's gone to Hammerby. Uh, the left back, Victor Gardis, has gone to North Shopping. So if you look at this, there's a trend here, isn't there, Steve? Players getting plucked by others. Um, Jesper Lofgren has gone to, to uh, Eurogarden. So, you know, you're looking at it and half the best players have gone. Now, when you look at who they've replaced them with, I just see, you know, players coming in from Slovenia. Uh, Joseph Filipovic, I don't know much about. Dan Klinkenberg, played at Arlesen, you may know him. Dutch second division and, you know. Ivan Kritschak, I don't know much about again. You know, he's been talked up by their sports director, but is he is he good enough? Time will tell. I just look at the squad and I'm like, question marks manager question marks so yeah it's a bit of a bold call you know i, I often sit on the fence but I'm, I'm gonna gonna go for it i like it i feel that you're a lot more decisive in the season preview this year actually <laughs> i'll give you a lot of credit here and another area here we'll talk about the new the promoted teams uh, at the end but Ustersund, um it seems like the media are giving them absolutely zero hope of um staying up but you have them in 13th the chat is certainly giving them a, li- a lot more um, chance of doing well than, than, than most people. What do you see in the Austin squad that gives them a chance of staying alive? Well, the headline act, if you were sort of, if you, if you had to sum up Austin's in one word in the last two years, it's just chaos, total <laughs> chaos. I mean, where do you begin? You've had transfer bans, you've had manager changes, you've had sort of just court cases, you've had financial, you know, upheaval. Uh, you've even had this season in pre-season, Steve. Uh, there was a report that came out about... This just sums up Ostersons, really, in the last sort of two years. A report came out that basically the club had lost a loads of money because one of the directors had put their club money into some cryptocurrency uh, and put it into some random cryptocurrency that, that they couldn't get the money out. You know, this cryptocurrency that they, I guess they expected it to fly and it didn't do anything and that it was basically a scam. Um, that was a report that came out and that was club money, apparently. So... I mean, they were all over the place. I don't know if the report was corroborated, but it did break, and it was just it just sums up the just random weird stuff going on at that club. 
you know so the financial things are, you know they've become like AFC Eskilstuna really to, to Swedish fans they, they there's a lot of hatred for Ostersunds now um these little things like that these little schemes people feel that Ostersunds are really have been not have been quite dishonest with their funding and their money and stuff and obviously the court case and and you know um, the, the the chairman sort of facing jail time and all that kind of stuff has um has led to this feeling in Sweden like they they want Ostersunds down like everybody wants them relegated to be honest um which is you know, a shame really when you look at the how it sort of started with Graham Potter doing so well, but there's a real there's a real dislike for Ostersons now, we'll be honest, you know, they're not they're not well liked. But actually when I look at it, they're predicted bottom by the media. But I've got one or two reasons that I think they might surprise one or two people. Now they they've got the reason that they've been predicted bottom is they have a transfer ban, Steve. They they can't sign any players till twenty twenty two. Loan no loans, no nothing. So they're really, really up against it. They're gonna need to have no injuries. They're going to need every player to be flying to have any real chance. Um, and that could obviously go against them. And if it goes against them, then, you know, th- this, I think my prediction could well be wrong. Um, but I've got them where I have them, you know, in, in sort of 13, uh, sorry, I've got them where I've got them in 13. Because I do actually think they've got a decent squad. Now, I know they've lost a lot of players. And the one, the real one worry is if they get a goal, uh, an injury to Ali Kaita or because they don't have many goalkeepers. You know, they've only got two keepers and obviously with no one, they're not allowed to bring anyone in, any kind of injury there and they're in trouble. But they do still have some decent players, like I say. Um, Sonko Sundberg's still there, who I quite like. Eric Haugen gets better and better. Um, Patrick Capozo isn't too bad, he's back. Um, you know, in pre-season they've been playing sort of a 3-5-2. Now they have had some some bad results in pre-season, but um, I still like Charlie Colker, you know, former Chelsea. Now if he sticks around, they've got a really good midfielder there. Um, Frank Arhin's done quite well in centre midfield in, in pre-season. He could do okay. Um, a lot of the reasons that the people think they're going to do terribly is because they, they just haven't been able to buy anyone. So everyone's just thinking, well, that's naturally what's going to happen. But if you look at the strikers, it's going to be England or bust here because they've got Francis Juno Baptiste, they've got Blair Turger, and they've got Jarrell Sellers, all English. And really, if they're going to stay up, they're going to need those three to put score goals. They're going to need some serious contributions from those guys because if they don't, then they are going to be toast. Um, it's a really light squad, really small squad. But w- one of the reasons I just want to say, Steve, quickly. So I don't think their squad is that bad. They've got Ospenskan experience. You know, they are going to be up against it, but that could create a siege mentality. There's no fans. So, you know, it's kind of that part of it. Doesn't They don't have to worry about it at this moment in time. You know, no one's going to be booting them every game. You know, they're not going to be getting on their back. So they don't have to think about that. The whole court case thing is in the background, but they've had that for a while now. So they're kind of probably used to that. I just want to point to one thing. Obviously, Ian Birchnell left last July. Um, they brought in Amir Asrafshan, and there was a lot of talk about him. He didn't have his badges, and people thought that would be the end of them. They'd go down. But actually, Steve, uh, Asrafshan's points per game since he joined Ostersons is, is actually better than Ian Birchnell. Uh, he's got 1.28 points per game to Ian Birchnell's 1.22. In fairness to Asrafshan, he turned things around a little bit there, and they didn't have too bad of a second half of the season. You know, I thought they might even get relegated last year. I thought they would just tank. It didn't happen. You know, he kept things afloat. Blair Turgut came in and started doing quite well. Um, he did manage to get some goals out of the players and, and they managed to sort of stay up fairly comfortably. So I think that they might do the same thing again this season. And um, I could be wrong. Like I say, any kind of injury crisis and they are in serious trouble. But I've just got a little feeling they may surprise one or two this season. Yeah, I mean, they did lose the last six games of last season. But, I mean, the job had been done, hadn't it? They survived. So you can always let them off the hook a little bit. Pre-season, there's been a lot of uh, defeats, but they face some good teams like Lokomotiv, Moscow twice, Rostov, Jurgarten, 
Um, you know, these are no gimme matches, and they didn't have a bad run in the Swedish Cup, to be fair. So, you know what? You've actually convinced me that they can certainly give themselves a chance of survival, Jonathan. You make a very good case for them, uh, for them indeed. Um, now, the, we've got two newly promoted sides in the league this year Helsingborg, Falkenberg, they've gone down and uh, coming back. Halmstad and Degerfor. Now, I know quite a little bit about Halmstad, they've been in this league before uh, numerous times. Degerfor, I can't personally remember them being in Osvensk. I'm sure they have. Um, so I'm interested to hear about these 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 two sides. You, you you've got Degerfor predicted bottom. You've got Halmstad at 14th. Um, I don't I don't mind which one you you, you choose here to talk about first. But uh, let's hear about these newly promoted teams. Well, I start with Degerfors, and, and and to be honest, they're the one team where I feel like my prediction is, is a bit harsh. Um, I had to predict someone to be bottom, and I, I kind of in a way I'm like, well, flip a coin to be honest, and, and I think they they could easily just get out of it. Degerfors have quite a proud history um, in in Osvenskan, to be honest. They haven't been in it for a, quite a long time. Uh, they've been out of the they've been out of it for for many many years. In fact, uh, I think since 1997 was the last time they were in Osvenskan. Maybe wrong, but I think that, I think that's right. Um, but they are a club that sort of is well considered. You know, they, it's a shame there's no fans because they do have, you know, a relatively okay fan base and that kind of thing. They do have a, you know, they're not kind of a new club like I say a Dalkur or someone like that who's come up in recent seasons. Um, you know, like a ACS Kustuna or, or a, um, you know, even an Ossesunds in that sense. That they're a bit more, bit more historic than that. Sven Goran Eriksson was a manager there um, back in the seventies. You know, so that just sums up kind of a bit of their history. Um, but yes, uh, they're runners-up. They've been runners-up a few times. They haven't really done much. They've won the Swedish Cup in 1993. So that tells you a little bit about their sort of recent uh, history. But I just look at this squad, Stephen. I, I just I, I struggle uh, to really see, you know, Hamster won the league. Degafors finished second. It was a five-point gap. Degafors, I did watch them in one or two games in the Super Wrestling last season. And they were really exciting, actually. I thought they were a good team to watch. But I, I just... You know they conceded 30 goals last season, won a game in in Super Retin level. Um, they scored 64, which is the best in the league. So they, they were decent going forward, but um, I just think their squad is very is, is is quite weak. And when I analyse it against all the other squads, the lack of experience that they have, and also the players they've brought in, they brought in some players, but they're they're kind of players like I say, it's a bit like I mentioned with Enoch Kofi Adu. Are these players on their way down? Um, so I'll just you know go through one or two of the names that they brought in. Uh, Robin, sorry, uh, Sargon Abraham, who was at EF Core in the past. He's thirty years old. He'll probably be relied on for goals. I'm not sure about him. Johan Bertilsson, he he's there. He's a veteran now, thirty three. If you look at some of the names like John, Jonathan Cyborgs come from Mialby, he didn't. He's not really kicked on. He was actually in my team uh, tend to watch about three or four years ago at GIF, and his his career is just not really kicked on. So I think he's got a lot to prove. And they've got a young. They've got a player called Adavan Rajamahan, who I think could do quite well. He he was okay at Acropolis, but he's 28. So I'm just looking around at the squad, and they've got Ferhad Ayes, who used to be at Orebro. Um, he gets another chance at this level, but it's it's really kind of a, quite a small squad with a lot to prove. A lot of players who don't have experience at this level. Um, you know, at the back they've got Oliver Eckroth, never played in the Svenskan. Um, you know, they've got. Sebastian Olsen, he's, I think he played seven games in Osvenska, roughly, something like that. Um, a lot of players with, with no real experience. Sean Sabitkar come in. He's played 50 games in Super Retin, 50 games in the third seed, but again, never played in Osvenska. Um, 
um, although he, he did quite well in pre-season. Um, funnily enough, Steve, he, 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 uh, he signs from Vastaras and a few days before he joined Degafors, he knocked, he knocked Degafors out of the Swedish Cup. So uh, that's a bit of a warm introduction by knocking the team that he's joining out of the Cup. Um, he scored a goal in the, in, in the game there. But yeah, all in all, I just to, to me, it's almost like they're the weakest squad on paper, and I'm I'm just going on on paper really, in that sense. Yeah, I the mean, manager. I can talk about the manager in a second if you like. Yeah. Just having a look at some of their players, and there's some really good stats from last year. Johan Bertelsen, uh, 19 goals, eight assists last year. Victor Edvarsson, 16 goals, nine assists. Villian Dahlstrom, 10 goals, 10 assists. They've lost Axel Lindahl, who's actually moved to Buda Glimt. He had 10 assists, but I mean, these are the thing is, though, there is a big difference between Super Essen and Al Svenskan, isn't there? At times, like it's a there is some teams you can really bash up down there, so that that is a, is a concern, you know, whether can you can step up at uh, Al Svenskan level, really? Yeah, 100%. And if you look at, I mentioned it when we talk about, talked about Ordebro, uh, Eric Biondal is a good case because he was at Degafors, you know, he got 20 goals in 28 games for Degafors the year before that, uh, went to the Al Svenskan and got three goals in 28 games. So that tells you a bit about the levels and it is a different level. Uh, and Biondal was like their key man, really. And um, as you said, they've lost one or two as well. I, I just I just think they're quite a weak squad on paper. You know, the, the manager's come in. He's a young manager. He's, he's done really well, to be fair to him. He's a one-club man, Tobias Solberg, 39 years old. He, he, he's been a sort of a 3-4-2-1 man. He's, he's been there for two years and got them promoted. So, you know, he's done his job uh, and fair play to him. Maybe he's going to sort of pull out a rabbit out of, out of the hat here. But I just, I just generally think they've, they've got quite a weak squad. Even the new players they've signed, Nicholas Maripu, for example, he's only played 16 games in Osvenskan. You know, formerly of Acropolis, ASCS, Gilstuna, um, Christos Gravius. He's, he's, he's been Oi Core, but he's only played 19 games in Osvenskan. So this is a, this is a squad with a lot to prove. Really, a lot of players who have been written off in the past, maybe not got chances that they maybe felt they, they deserved. And this is going to be their chance now, basically. To you know, and that could go one of two ways. Sometimes it goes the other way. You know, you get, you get a band of brothers. They say to themselves, we're going to prove everyone wrong and they go on a good run. But I just think the squad's a, a little bit weak. Uh, I think it's weaker than Halmstad's. I think it's weaker than, say, Varberg's. I think it's slightly weaker, arguably, than Ostersen's. Um, so that's why I've got them where I've got them. So Halmstad then, they actually won the Super N last year, 68 points on the board. Um, tell us a bit more about them. You say they got to look a little bit better than, than Degafor. What's their main strength? I think the main strength is up front. They've got, I think they've got more experienced players, but they're better players. Marcos Anderson, we spoke about Malmo. Uh, he's a good, good player. I think he, he, he will add a bit of, um, you know, goal scoring quality up front. So I think that's a better signing than anything I see at Degafors, for example. Could be proven wrong, but again, that's how I see it. Mikhail Bowman, he used to play at EFK Jotterborg. He's 32. Um, he scored goals last season and, and he's got that experience as well. So I think up front, they've got a little bit more about them. Um, they've got Sadat Karim, Alexander Johansson. Maybe they they could maybe do something, but I'm not sure. Um, in midfield, I think they've got more about them as well. Uh, so uh, there's a player I, I, I know I like uh, called Samuel Kroon. He's a right midfielder, right winger. He's he's a good player. Uh, Emil Tottenham is, is meant to be quite highly rated. Um, you know, Hamstad always bring through some decent young players. By the way, uh, Haksabanovic of course came from from Hamstad's academy. Uh, so it, from that point of view, I think they've got just a little bit better quality and also at the back uh, they had two brilliant players last season Andreas Johansson the veteran and Joseph Baffo um, now those two at centre-back will be absolutely crucial to them if they're going to stay up and you know I, ju I just think that I could be wrong 
but I just think they've got a slightly stronger um, squad all round. So, yeah, that's why I've got them where I've got them. And I think Amir Almari is uh, Amir Al Amari is one to look out for. Uh, he he did quite well last season. He's been at Bromby in the past. Um, so I just see slightly bit more quality there, especially with Antonsen. I think he can lead the line and be a real leader for them uh, on loan from Malmo. So that's why I have them where I have them. They've got a staggering defensive record, actually, especially away from home. They had by far the best away record in the Super Eton last year. Won 10 out of 15 games, four draws, one loss. Conceded only eight goals away from home. It looked like really the main reason they actually won that league was such a solid defence. I guess, again, it's a similar question to Degger for in terms of their offence, but can the Halmstad defence make that step up to our Svensk and, 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 and be solid up there? I am always concerned myself on a side relying on defence gets promoted because it's, it's hard to sort of replicate it at the next level. Yeah, and I think also Magnus Hagelin is a, is a decent manager. You know, he's, he's got a little bit more experience. There's a few managers here that have been assistants, as I mentioned, you know, at, at Mialbi, for example, uh, and elsewhere. Whereas, you know, Hagland has, has been around the block and done it. You know, he's won the league, um, for example. So, you know, he was at Elfsborg uh, in 2006 when they won the title. And yeah, so, you know, he's got that experience. He's been at Lillestrom as well. He's been at Elfsborg for, for, for two spells. He's got a decent, you know, record all round, all things considered. So he he will know how to get a tune out of out of a, a squad. So um, yeah, I think they will need goals, you know. And Sadat Karim will have a lot of responsibility, as will Bowman as well, and Tonson. But uh, I just think Hagland brings that bit more experience. So I think they will just about have a bit more about them to to try and get out of it. There you have it. Then that is the the preseason. Uh, Jonathan for Dubber. Al Svenskan table. Let's just go through it. You are predicting Mama to win the league. Hecken in second. You're Garten in third. Elfsborg in fourth. Norshipping fifth. Hammerby sixth. IFK Gothenburg in seventh. AIK in eighth. And in the bottom half of the table. Kalmar ninth. Orobro tenth. Sirius eleventh. Varberg twelfth. Ustersund just avoiding the drop, according to the JF, in thirteenth. Halmstad fourteenth will make the playoff. Mialby to go have the second season syndrome and go down in fifteenth. And Degger for rock bottom of the table. Jonathan, that was absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much for, for those uh, excellent analysis of these uh, teams. And uh, I think we just have a little break right now. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about your, your 10 players to watch. Always a very exciting time. So do join us after the break um, for the final section. Welcome back to part three of the Nordic Football Podcast Swedish Alsvenskan season preview. This has been an epically long um, uh, season preview so far. For those of you still with us, thank you very much and I hope you're enjoying the content. But this is now the 10 players to watch list. We, we do kind of famed for this in, in our pre-season podcast, especially the Swedish one. I think it's very exciting because there's some... Um, usually Jonathan comes up with some very good young talent along with some guys to watch but basically 10 guys to watch for whatever different reasons um so Jonathan take it away who's the first man on your list yeah congratulations to anyone who's made it this far like Steve has said this is a um this is a very sort of special part of the podcast for me anyway I enjoy it very much I always enjoy looking back at the ones we got right and the ones we got wrong uh from the season before as well so you know uh in 
recent seasons, we've got quite a few, quite a few quite right, haven't we? And done pretty well. So hopefully I will not let you down on this one. First player on my list, Steve, uh, I'm going for Leo Bengtsson. Uh, he's a 22-year-old left-sided uh, wide player for Beko Hacken. Leo Bengtsson. Now, he's uh, one, of the, one of the older players on your list here. What do you? What's, what's the thing that look out for him in this year then? You know, Bengtsson's one that I actually um, came across when I was living in Sweden. He really, really excited me as a young player. Uh, he was at Hammerby and he's had a big reputation about him for, for many, many years, really. And uh, he never made it at Hammerby in the end. And, and I always felt to myself, it was almost like he was almost it was a player I always used to buy on football manager and stuff because he became really good uh, in those early days. And I always felt to myself they'd missed a bit of a trick. And I, and I thought, oh, it's a bit of a shame he's not going to make it in terms of how, how big his, his reputation was. Um, he was picked up by, he had a few loan spells and then he was eventually picked up by, by Hacken in 2020. And I think it's a masterstroke. And 2020 season, he sort of proved it. Um, he's really started to prove that ability he had. He got 10 goals in 32 games. Really good first season at Beko Hacken. And in my personal opinion, Steve, I, I think his stock is on the rise. I think he's a player who, um, I think this will, although, you know, he's already had his breakthrough season last year, you could say, I think he'll go on even further this season. I think now who he's established himself in Osvenskan, I think he can lift that 10 goals to maybe sort of 10 to 15 potentially, or maybe sort of 10 plus X amount of assists. I'm um, very creative. He's, he's going to be a bit more settled now. He had some injury problems at, at one point. I think he can end up really going far, and I think he could be the next sort of Dallejo Irondus of this of this team who who maybe gets a big move. Uh, I really like him. He's he's sort of a, a good player in the final third. He's got a good game understanding. He's got a quite clinical, quite cool headed when he's in that final third. And I think he's a player who, like I say, I could see him getting a move maybe in this next year. So uh, as I say, I really like Leo Bengtsson from a young age. I think he's matured now, but he's still very young. And I think he could be a key player for for the second team. So, yep, first one on my list, Leo Bings. Yeah, I mean, you said Hacken uh, certainly could go well this year. He could be a key man uh, for them, even you know, if they maybe win the title. So, second man on your list is a your garden player. Who is he? Yeah, second player on my list is Steve Edward Chilufia. He is a your garden striker. And there's big, big, big expectations on this player this season. Uh, and a part of the reason for that is just because, you know, he, he's, he's been around the block. You know, he's been at Jorgen for a while now. Never really quite made it. I think he had, he's had some, some bad problems, actually. I think he had a family tragedy when he first joined, um, which stalled him for a bit. Um, he came from Zambia. You know, he's really good form for Zambia under 20s. Um, and that was what led to his signing. As I said earlier, Jorgen have always had quite a sort of creative recruitment. You know, Peter McGregor, we talked about. Um, Chilofi is one of those and he's been around but not you know he's not really kicked on um, last season he did okay but this is the year where I think he, he will really kick on um, there's big expectations about him now and uh, we talked about Joel Osoro Osoro said that he he's nicknamed Chili Chilofi and he said that Chili uh, when I look at him I think to myself oof 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 <laughs> so um, basically said that you know he's 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 seriously hot uh, player and he's really looking forward to um, playing with him and he said that he just needs to keep calm and just keep doing what he's doing because he thinks he's going to be a massive player this season for, for Eurogarden. So um, he's a striker. He can play on the wide areas, but I think he's more of a goal getter. And, you know, they've had players like that going in the past, haven't they? Players like Tino Kadawari, um, Ali Badge, players like that have gone on. Um, of course, uh, 
you know other players like that in the past as well. So I think he could potentially be the next one off that off that sort of pipeline. Uh, so Edward Chilufia is on my list. Chile by name, and let's hope his finishing doesn't go stone cold uh, this year. Uh, hey, um, we're going to stay in uh, in Stockholm. Actually, got a goalkeeper on your list. I always get excited when you put a goalkeeper on your tent or tend to to watch lists, uh, Jonathan. I do like my goalkeepers, as you know. So, uh, who is this custodian? Yeah, we always have these debates. And by the way, just quickly on Chile, he scored six goals in five games in the Swedish Cup. So that just tells you everything you need to know about his potential there. A goal every 72 minutes. So he is in red-hot chilli form. Uh, I've got in goal Oliver Dovin. Uh, you know, he's an 18-year-old at Hammerby. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure he's even going to make the team. So it's a bit of a, maybe a wild-card one. Uh, they've got David Usted, who's 36. So it's really, really uh, one, you know, one, someone who's double the age of another one. They're competing for that goalkeeper spot. Um, but let me just read you the quotes from Hammerby Sporting Director on... Uh, Oliver Dovin. He is one of Europe's biggest goalkeeping talents. He really has everything. He is good in the air. He is responsive. He is good with his feet and good in the line. He really has everything. And besides that, he is a pretty good size too. Uh, Stefan Bilborn also has praised him, saying that he's got a great size about him. He's been on trial at Brighton. Now, Brighton, they know what they're doing when it comes to youth recruitment. You know, they're always on top of it. Uh, so that's also a good sign. Uh, he didn't he was on my radar last season, but he didn't make it into the into the team. He was loaned out and that kind of thing. I think this could be the year he breaks through. Um, there's sort of Petr Cech vibes about him, to be honest, in terms of reputation. Uh, people really think he could go on to a massive club. So I don't know if I'll get it right in terms of this is if this is the year for his breakthrough. But I have to have him on the list, Oliver Dovin, because uh, if he, if he does, and he has featured in preseason in certain games, if he does break through, then it's going to be really really exciting for for to see how he develops. Too good to miss out on if he if he breaks through. That's why you've got to get him on this list, isn't it? Really, but um, yeah, let's go to to Gothenburg. There's actually quite a few players from uh, from the Gothenburg region um, on this list this year. Um, first uh, one we're going to IFK. Uh, Oscar Williamson. Yeah, and he's a, he's a young player who may not uh, again he may not break through, but I think it's one of those ones where if, if he does break through, then uh, we need to. You know, we need to have him on the list. I'm, you know, in terms of Dover not being at Hammerby, you know, one player that I had on my list last year, Akun Kimiyamu, like I said, it's a real shame that I can't have him this year because he, he didn't make it last year. But I think this year he'll be incredible. Wilhelmsen is another one in that sense because um, he, he's got a lot of talk about him. You know, there's all this talk about Hamzik. There's all this talk about all these other young players from EF Core. Wilhelmsen is the youngest scorer of all time at EF Core, scored in the cup game at 15 years old in 2015, uh, 2019, sorry. Uh, he was approached by Borussia Dortmund, uh, but he decided he didn't want to go there because he didn't want to join the youth teams. He, he felt that he wanted to make it at EFCOR and just play senior football. Only 17 years old. Um, he's a Premier League club's come in for him already. And Simon Turn, who's just come from North Shopping, of course, to EFCOR, said, he has a sledgehammer of a shot that is unmatched, unparalleled, he said. If he can get everything in place, he will explode. Uh, now, I don't think he means kind of like Bomberman explode. I think he means kind of on the field. But um, yeah, he's he's got a huge amount of talent, Wilhelmsen. Uh, he's really talked about as kind of like the next Benjamin Negron, if that makes sense. Um, I think he, of course, a little bit light up front, if I'm honest. They've got a lot of midfielders but uh, and a lot of midfield recruitment. Uh, and obviously Marcus Berger is going to come in. Uh, but until he does come in, they've only got Sig Torsen and then Robin Soda. So I think Wilhelmsen has a chance. He, he, he might not get in the team immediately. Uh, sorry, he might not get in the team for the whole season, but he could actually get in the team between now and 
Marcus Berger arriving in the summer. So this will be his little window maybe to come in. Um, he, of course, do give chances to young players. And Wilhelmsen is one that you know, he's already scored as a 15-year-old. So that just tells you a little bit about him. He's got a big future, I think. Next on the list, we've got a player from Kalmar. This is new territory. I can't ever remember you having a Kalmar player in the 10 players to watch. I may be mistaken there, but this feels like new territory, Jonathan. Kalmar, yeah. Well, I had a Kalmar play last season, but uh, it didn't really work out. He didn't play much game time. <laughs> so I'm going um, to go for it again. I'm going to go for Noah Shamoon. Now, he is a player who, like I said, he turned down Palmer. And he's a really, you know, there's a video on YouTube, I think, on Vimeo, in fact, if you Google him. Uh, he's an 18-year-old sort of wild player. And you know, I talked about sort of... Um, I talked about the new manager there and Henrik Riesdrom and how he, he might bring in a new blend of football there at Kalmar, might try and bring this passing style. And I think Sh- Mano Shamoon could maybe be a breakthrough player in that sense because, you know, if you remember sort of Stefano Vecchia, Sagita, uh, the players up front are serious last season, I think Shamoon could fit into that maybe potentially if they do go for that sort of tactical setup with Riedstrom. Uh, he's a technical box-to-box player. He can, he can do, um, well, he, he describes himself as someone who can do everything for the team. He said, I'm very strong and good at finding... Um, players in on the on the ground. Pettersson said he's a technic, he's a very exciting young player who's gained two years of experience in the third division, and is ranked very highly. He's good one on one, good in combination game, has tools to be a good finisher, and is a player who works very hard for the team. And like I say, his goals real is really really nice. He can do a bit of everything really in terms of finishing, one v one kind of creative play. He can beat a man, you know, can take them on as a dribbler. So. Uh, you know, at 18, it's it's very young. He he will need to break into that team. But uh, if he does break into it, I think Riedstrom might maybe be willing to give him a chance. And if he does, he you know he certainly got uh, the technical quality to to sort of make an impact. So he might be one off the bench, that kind of thing. You know, he might not be, maybe be an immediate starter. But uh, I think as part of Kalmar's new sort of uh, generation, Noah Shamoon is one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I, that one completely escaped my attention from last year. Isaac Janssen. Um, was your man to watch from Kalmar? That I really do not remember talking about him, but can't remember everything, can you? So um, let's move on to our uh, next player on the list. This is player number six, and we're going back to back to Stockholm here and back to Hammerby. We are indeed, and uh, yeah, I've, I've sort of uh, I've tried to be I've tried to vary up the teams as much as I can, but ultimately there's some you know standout players that I can't really ignore. So um, on this one, I've gone for the next Odilon Kosanu potentially. And he wasn't in my tent to watch, Steve, until the cup semi-final uh, against uh, Garden. Now, he scored the winner, uh, this, this lad, uh, Watara Mohamed, and um, Aziz Watara Mohamed. Now, Hammerby always do a bit of recruitment in, in, in African countries um, and they always sort of tend to do fairly well. Kosanu obviously played five games and then he was gone. And I think this could be the next one off the, off the sort of production line, really. Uh, he, he, he looks like a real sort of, you know, unit uh, in, in, that, in, that midf- in that defense, sorry. And I think he could be a really good player for them. Um, you know, he's only, he's, he's a young player, of course, you know, two, born in 2001. He's already in the team, you know, as an Ivorian. They do have a couple of players coming through. Um, even you might, you might remember a player called Rooney, uh, Steve. And uh, you remember we sort of had a bit of a laugh about him, didn't we? Uh, when he was a, a younger player. 
Um, he's now at Hammerby and he's come along a bit since he's, he's, he's been there. So they have got one or two players, a, a Ghanaian, I think he is. They do have one or two players who are sort of coming along. Now, I'll be honest, Watara's winning goal against uh, against Eogun was a bit of a fluke, you know, kind of just bounced off him a little bit in the box. But uh, and he celebrated did a Ronaldo celebration, and some people came. He came in for a bit of criticizing criticism doing the the big Ronaldo celebration. But he is a sort of a real tall unit of a player, um, physically dominant, physically imposing. Not bad technically, can probably improve a little bit. But um, he looks like a player who who is one of those who Hammerby always have a player who stays like half a season and is gone. And um, this season it could potentially be could potentially be um, Watara Mohammed. Brilliant. So uh, let's move on to the next player, and uh, it's at Malmo. Amin Saar. Yeah, and we talked about him last season, didn't we? We did a uh, we did a uh, a player in focus on, on him, and he was he was one of the players in focus. I've gone for Amin Saar just because I think this season he's part of you know I had to have a Malmo player in there. Really, there's one or two others I could name, but I think it's potentially a breakthrough year for Saar. I think he'll have more opportunities this season. I think he'll have um, you know the opportunity to sort of get more game time, which which he'll need. You know, there'll be no. I think Burgett is kind of he's not exactly a traditional right right winger, uh, even though he played there quite a lot. I think um, Saar came off the bench quite a lot and was really sort of showed his speed and and you know Malmo sometimes lack a bit of speed and a bit of um, you know fast pace on the break and that kind of thing. And I think Saar brings that. So he's that's why he's in there. He's twenty years old. Uh, he he shone immediately, really, after his debut. Um, he's been given a contract now until 2023. And um, Malmo Sports Director Daniel Anderson said he's shown impressive development. Uh, we we know his potential, and we knew it. we took a, we took a chance when we had it to get him. Uh, he's an exciting player with excellence and speed, and he c- combines speed with technique. He's also a humble guy who knows what it is to work hard, and that is what counts. So, yeah, like I say, I think Saar will get more games. I think he'll get more starts this season. Um, if Kolak doesn't make it, then Saar could also maybe play as a, as a forward. But I'm not sure about his finishing capabilities. Maybe he has to work on that. But uh, he's one of those players that you could sort of imagine, Steve, has has sort of a good season, maybe like Paulos Abraham last year, and then goes off to sort of the Netherlands or something like that. So um, yeah, I'm excited to watch him because I think he just adds a bit more of, a, like I say, excitement about Malmo. He makes them a little bit more dynamic, a bit more fluid, a bit more strong offensively. Uh, whereas Birgit and Toivon are a little bit sort of slow, maybe plodding, um, even though they are very good players. So, yeah, so I'm excited to watch the season, and I think he will be one for people to watch too, and maybe even having their fantasy team. Mm, interesting one. And I did mention when we talked about Aruba earlier that we got a player from from them in this 10 to watch, and, and we didn't really go in detail on Aruba this year. So I'm interested to hear about this player that you've got in your 10 to watch from, from Aruba. Yeah, I've gone for David Sega. Now, I don't often pick horrible players because they're often, uh, you know, a bit older, really. They don't, they don't tend to have too many young players, to be honest, bringing through. But they've got one or two coming through now. Uh, I mentioned Dennis Colander in the, in the preview. And Sega's a 21-year-old who's already sort of making big moves in, in, in uh, that horrible team. Uh, came in and started to do quite well. I think he's played in some Swedish youth teams. I'm not entirely sure on that one, but um, he was he signed from Solentuna in the third division. Now, Solentuna have have really brought through a lot of players in that third division. Um, they've joined Osvenskan teams this 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 um, this last year or so, uh, and uh, and there's big expectations of Sega this season. He, he had a good debut campaign, three goals, five assists in 27 games, which is which is not bad, you know, for a young player coming from the third tier. And I think now he will become sort of a starting midfield player. There, he, he can also play up front, but I think he'll be more used as a centre midfielder or right midfielder. 
Um, he's quite versatile. He can also play sort of maybe secondary left mid. But I think he'll be um, he'll get more game time this season. I think maybe Kevin Walker can learn from his experience uh, with players sort of leaving like Robin Book and Basara. He, I think he'll have a bit more bit more game time, like I say. And yeah, I think he can. Um, I think he can sort of kick on uh, and keep improving. So yeah, I think at 21, he's he's a decent age, decent technical profile. Uh, maybe not hugely quick, but um, I think he's got quite good vision, quite good awareness about him, quite good technical all-rounder. So, yeah, good good player to watch, I think. And uh, it's nice to have a, a, a t- player from a smaller, maybe, club. Yeah, it really is. I like it when, when that happens. And this is kind of another, another example here. A player to watch, in your opinion, for 2021 is Blair Turgut at Ostrasons. Yeah, and it's obviously um, I don't often have too many old, older players, do I, Steve? Uh, but I've got two reasons for doing this. Partly selfish reasons, I'll be honest, uh, and partly because I think it's as simple as this. I think if Blair Turgut doesn't perform this season, then I think Ossessors will go down. So I mentioned the English trio there, Juno, Baptiste, uh, Turgut and Sellers. They've also got Nabiu Perry, but really they are quite light up front. Uh, and so I think Turgut sort of is traditionally a right winger. He came from West Ham's academy as a youngster, um, played in non-league, played at Maidstone and places like that. And that's where my personal selfish interests come in because I, I like comparing the different leagues in England to the leagues in Sweden. And you often get accusations that kind of say non-league, there's no, no good players in, that, in those leagues. Uh, and Turgut's gone out there and he scored seven goals last season. And he, and he really, after Ian Birchall left, I think Turgut was quite key to them sort of staying up. He started to blossom a little bit um, under, under the new manager and, and kind of uh, grew. There was big rumours with linking him to sort of Oiko. Apparently, ARK were looking at him and one or two other clubs sort of maybe wanting him this summer. But I think from Osterson's point of view, they can't afford to lose too many more players. Um, and I think it is as simple as that. If, if Turgut gets the goals, they'll stay up. If he doesn't get the goals, I think they'll go down because I'm not sure who else is going to get goals for them, as I say. So, yeah, number one, I'm interested to see how he, sort of being the main man now, how he treats that. And it's a key year for him maybe going, going into the prime years of his career. Number two, I think it's interesting to see how English players can get on abroad and how, you know, can can a non-league player become one of the top players in Osvenskan? Uh, and number three, like I say, it's as, it's as simple as that. If he gets the goals, Osterson's have a chance. If he doesn't get the goals, they will go down. So yes. it'll be interesting to see how he, you know. I like that pick. I do like that pick. It's, it's definitely a player to watch for in a different sort of way to some of the other selections. Um, so the 10th pick, although I am hearing some news that there is a bonus 11th selection on your list um, coming in. The 10th pick, uh, we go back to Hecken here uh, uh, with a right winger. Yeah, I've got just about enough breath <clears throat> for two more players. Um, you know, we can't stop talking, can we? So we've got a bonus player to, to watch. But uh, my final one on this list of 10, I had to leave him. I had to get him in the team, having watched him in pre-season. Uh, it's back to Hecken. It's back to Gothenburg. It's Benny Traore. Now, I could have picked Tobias Heinz because I really like what I saw in pre-season of him. Uh, and I've also got Leo Bengtsson, so, you know, it's a bit harsh. Maybe I could have picked maybe Adik Benner. I could have picked Ishal Abdul Razak, for example. I could have picked others um, at different clubs. could have picked one or two maybe from Ellsborg, Jack Cooper Love, someone like that maybe as well. But I've gone for Benny Triero just because he looks so good in pre-season that I can't ignore him. Um, he's already in the first team. He's already like a solid starter at 18 years old for Hacken. Um, some Hacken fans will remember Nasiru Mohammed. He kind of reminds me a bit of him. He's a very uh, vertical player, very, very sort of straight line runner, but he's got a little bit of skill about him. Um, he's described as very exciting and talented by Hacken's sporting director. 
Um, <clears throat> I mentioned they had a left-back, Hakan uh, from Ivory Coast, Yannick Adjumani. Uh, he also joined at the same time as Benny Traore. Uh, but the difference is Adjumani has an option to buy and it's a loan. Benny Traore was given a four-year contract immediately. Now, that <laughs> tells you a little bit about the confidence they have in him to do well this season. He's a direct, quick, wide player. I, th- I see a lot of promise in him. Like I say, Nasiru Mohammed did really well at Hakan for a while, um, along with Paulinho and that team back in the day, a few years ago. I see Troy as that next kind of generation player. Um, he's been really creative in pre-season. He, he can beat a man. He's quick. And um, <clears throat> if you've got Bengtsson on one side and Troy on the other side, they could form a really nice combination with Tobias Heinz in behind Jeremy F. I think that's, that's a fantastic potential front four. So um, I couldn't leave Triari out because if he does hit the ground running, I think he will be a starter. If he hits the ground running, then who knows how long he'll be around in Osvenskan for him. So he'll take some time to develop. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be immediately a finished article, but everything I've seen of him in pre-season I like, and I think he's quite naturally suited to Osvenskan. So, yep, Benny Adama, Triari. So that is your 10 to watch, but there is another player that we've... We had to include on this list. Um, I'll let you reveal who he is, but we stay in Gothenburg, and this probably won't come as a surprise to too many people. Yeah, I mean, it's a bonus. It's just an obvious one. I mean, if you're anyone who's watching Osvenskan this season, you know, you're tuning in to, to watch the games or you've got any kind of interest, I'm hoping they might bring it on, on, on you know, Eurosport or something like that this season, maybe. We'll see. But of course, everybody's going to be having their eyes on one player, one player only, and that is Marek Hamzik. I couldn't leave him out of my tent to watch. Well, He's a bonus player, obviously, but uh, I've gone for many, many young players, but this is a 33-year-old. Their first game this season is Oribor away. All eyes will be on Marek Hamzik. Will he start? Will he not start? Is he is his injury okay? He's only there for a half season, obviously. Then he goes to the Euros, and then they'll negotiate whether he stays. I hope he, I really hope he does stay. He might not stay um, because we'll see where it goes. You know, he had a lot of big offers elsewhere, um, but he's committed himself to Sweden. He said he felt he likes the vibe. He said it's a bit like being in Napoli, that family feeling, he said. So catch him while you can, you know, first game, like I say, this weekend, see how he goes, if he gets in the squad and every game he's there in Osvenskan is going to be blockbuster. Everyone's going to be wanting to watch him. And let's just hope the fans can go and see, the EFCOR fans can go and sort of greet him because it is a blockbuster move. It adds sort of pizzazz and spice to the league. It's like a Hollywood movie signing really for this division. So get yourself to watch Marek Hamzik. Yeah, Merrick Hamzik, the oldest player I think you've ever had in this tent to watch. And I'd imagine he will, that, that is a record, unless Latan comes back to Sweden, then I'd imagine that's a record that will always uh, stand in your tent to watch. But uh, just before we finish it, should, should he tear up the league? For those who kind of, there'll be some people thinking, oh, he's going to absolutely cakewalk this league. In theory, he should go well, but is it going to be such so easy for him? You know, the um, the head says no, but the heart says yes. I think that he is an unbelievable player. Has he still got the level? I'm not sure. But if you remember Hamzik at Napoli in his prime, I mean, that is way, way, way levels above his Svenskan. I think he'll be the sort of player who, because he's not exactly match fit, he'll. I think he'll take a while actually to get going. But he, I think he'll be the sort of player where he'll rock up one game and score a hat-trick. You know, I mean, there'll be certain games where he'll be on it. And when he's on it, you know, the question is, can he get the service around him? Because he's a bit of a provider as well. He's not necessarily an out-and-out goal scorer. You know, he he sort of arrives in the box from midfield. Um, You know, he's a creator as well. So can the people around him finish the chances that he's going to naturally create? Um, 
physique wise at 33 i don't think he'll have a problem he's got the he's got to get fit for the euros so he's got that target in his mind of, of being ready for it so it's not like he's come for a payday and he doesn't care and he's gonna be on the beers and you know going out with some swedish blondes and that kind of thing in in the town he's he's there for a reason it's to focus it's to get his head down you know he's left china and he wants to sort of have a have a place for him to refocus his mind for the euros because that is his big focus he's you know he's a massive player for for his for his country um but you know, naturally, naturally, in the sense of like EF Core, are they on his level? I'm not. I'm not sure. And so, as I say, I think there'll be games where he scores two, gets two assists. He will light up the league in certain matches. Can he do it consistently? We'll see. I mean, if he does do it consistently, then that seventh place prediction could well easily turn into sort of top four, top three, um, if if he's on it every single week. But you know, it's going to depend a lot as well. And just the fact that EF Core bringing back quite a few big players as well. I mean, if they all come together in jail, you know, Marcus Burrell players like that. You never know. EF Core could suddenly turbocharge themselves. So um, there's a massive upside potential with that EF Core team, but it will take some time to gel, I think. So um, we'll, we'll see. But he's definitely way above Osvedskan level, like way, way above it, you'd think, for a 33-year-old. Yeah, so though the uh, though 11 players to watch, Leo Bengtsson at Hecken, Edward Chilufa at Jorgan, um, Oliver Dover, at uh, Hammerby, Oscar Williamson at uh, okay, Gothenburg, Noah Shamoon at Kalmar, Aziz Watara and Mohammed at Hammerby, Amin Saar Malmo, David Sega at uh, Urubro. I know I've pronounced that one wrong, Blair Turgut at Ossesons, uh, Benny Traore at Hecken, and of course, Marek Hamstick at IFK Gothenburg. Jonathan for Douglas 10, well, 11 to watch in 2021 in our it's been a mammoth podcast it's nearly two and a half hours long the longest we've ever done for sure anyone who's still listening to this now give yourself a massive pat on the back but thank you very much indeed for your support um i hope you really enjoyed this episode it was absolutely fantastic content i really enjoyed it um do remember hit us up on uh, twitter at nordic footpod you can follow me at me man soccer and where can we find you jonathan you can find me lying down having a big rest after this after this podcast. I've, I think I've spoken more in this two hours than I have in about three months. Um, so, yeah, you know, you can find me on Twitter at JFootball as well, F-U-T-B-O-L. Um, please hit up patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. We're, we're going subscription-free this season. Uh, sorry, we're going advertising-free for the beginning of the season. But uh, if you do want to support us to keep us ad-free, then please uh, hit that up and, you know, buy us a beer or that kind of thing. Uh, patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. Don't forget to uh, hit up the fantasy or Svenskan, get your team in before Saturday. Let us know who you're supporting, who you think will win the league, what you think of the predictions, uh, and I'll tend to watch as well, of course. And yeah, if you've made it to the end of the show, well done. Hopefully we haven't bored you to tears. Uh, I, I've certainly heard enough of my voice for, for, a good, for a good few days, so I might not say much to my family for the next few days, but uh, <laughs> hope you've enjoyed the show. And yeah, I can't wait for this new season. It's going to be really, really good. I think, I think there's a lot of intrigue in this league now. The levels of the teams are sort of evening out. So I think we will have a really, really exciting season. And then in the weeks to come, we'll be bringing you everything we can on both leagues. So thanks a lot for listening. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much. Uh, like Jonathan said, we'll see you around again very soon. Take care, stay safe and goodbye.